Okay. Uh, and we're back. Joey, cut us in. It is 3 p.m. We are three hours into Octobercast. That is one-eighth of the way done. One-eighth. Every time you put it like that, it always gives me a full sense of security that we can actually do. It after gets one more hour, it'll be one-sixth done. Oh, that sounds great. And then yeah, after that, that, we have some... It sound like it's getting easier yeah. each hour, but in yeah. fact, the opposite is... Every great. time. Seated directly to my right, joining us for the fourth hour of Octobercast, Colin Campbell from Polygon. How are you doing? How are you doing, nice. Colin? Hey, Colin. Nice to see you again. I think I only ever see you at these things. Yeah. Have you been to every one of these? Uh, no, just this... Uh, this uh, you, did the, you did the first one. Yeah, that's when you gave me probably, all the caffeine. Yeah. Nearly killed me. Yes, we gave you. Oh, oh yeah, you were You were one of our first hours, and we gave you Black Blood of the Earth. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was. And crazy. you had like a it psychedelic kept, experience. It kept me going for hours. Hours. <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, well, you, the guy that creates it is coming here later. He's going to bring us a special batch. He's coming yeah, at one a.m. I think. I'm not going near that. You've never yeah. been to our office before. Our new no, office. This is all new. I was just outside, and it's really weird listening to you guys because of all the echoes. It sounds like a North Korean correction. Are you hearing it like in two places, and then hearing it through the speakers? After a few hours. Because it starts to feel a lot like one. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was a North Korean correctional facility. Um, so, what are you doing these days? You're you're at so okay. Hold on. Many years ago, in the dawn of podcasting, Colin's been in the industry as long as, if not longer than I have. But but I know you guys, you and Gary, Colin and Gary together, and and Jeremy, and then some other people at different times as the hosts of Game Theory. That's which, right. That's, which, that's right. That's long, one of the long, first things that we did together. I guess it would have been about 2006, 2007. But I, I go to people's offices nowadays and do interviews and all that stuff. And people come up to me and say, "I used to love your show when I was at you know college or high school." And you know, of course, they're well. Then you just punch them, yeah. right? So it's I'm like, oh great, yeah, I used to be that person. It does make you feel old. But yeah, we did game theory for a little while with uh, Jeremy Williams and uh, Chris Graft for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. Did, uh, and then we had a, we had a fun run on it, and then we. Brought it back for a brief time when Colin was at IGN, but we, again, we, we found that we just couldn't find the time to, to sustain it. It's hard to do. A, I mean, doing a weekly podcast, it turns out, it, even though it's only an hour, 40 minutes, or two hours a week, it's hard to get, make it happen. It's hard to make it happen. We're all in different time zones. And, and also, you find yourself going, oh, I better think about things to say. And there's five minutes to go. Yeah, tell me about it. Deadline. So uh, I think it ran its course. It was fun. But Colin, you've always been known as one of the kind of the internet or the, the game industry bloodhounds of, of news scoop gathering. And so I was glad to see that uh, that you wound up at Polygon, which I guess is one of the one of the more popular. Really, they, they, they just had their first year anniversary, right? Yeah, they just yesterday had their first year anniversary. Wow. I'm working with some really cool guys, like you know Brian Crescente. He did yep. he did Kotaku. That yep. guy, he used to do uh, crime reporting in some Rocky gr- Mountain News. That's right. I was going to say some grim city, but I couldn't, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> And um, and you've got a bunch of guys from all over different different uh, websites and and Arthur G's who was at IGN with me for a short short while, so yeah and they they they're running the gamut they're doing everything from these kind of five thousand word in depth th- features to also a, a kind of newspaper record stuff news stories every fifteen minutes every thirty minutes so it's a, it's a new thing I'm enjoying it it's fun. Do you come into an office? Uh, no, they have an office about two blocks from here, mm-hmm. and it's almost as Really? Almost as dingy as this one. Thanks. But, uh, but, but, hey, uh, we, we worked hard to get this dinge. <laughs> they, those needles outside, I didn't put them there. They're natural. <laughs> I prefer, the, prefer to think of it as a lived-in look. Yeah. It has that uh, sort of 70s glam. Just like Star Wars. But, um, but I work from home in Santa Cruz. And quite a lot of the guys, even the ones who work in San Francisco, just work from home. It's the new way of working. I love it. Now, well, you know, know, why you, waste two hours commuting every day? I did that. When I was at IGN, I was getting up at 545 driving in up highway one beautiful drive don't want to do it every day of the week and it almost killed me it was four hours a day sitting in a car 
That's just no way to do it. Yeah, why do that? That's why, do that's why that's podcasts exist. Yeah, yeah, so, um, but now we have Google, um, whatever it's called. Hangout. Yeah, that's it. Skype, the other one. Yep. Just look at someone. Call yeah, them up, we, look at them, talk to them. It's nice to be able to talk to people without actually having to really be in the same room as them. I like, I like <laughs> Skype and Google Hangouts because then you don't have to wear pants. It's great. Yeah, you can just be top. I'm not wearing pants right now. Nobody would know. I've done a, I've done a number of Skype uh, calls and interviews where, yeah, you don't want to see what's going on I, I really, under here. I really don't. Yeah. No, no, none of us do. No, we're we're good without I, that. I, I, I do wear pants. I just don't wear trousers. You know, there's like sweatpants, something with elastic waistband. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference. <laughs> Professional only waist up. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you, uh, Polygon, do you um, are you able to uh, kind of source and decide the stories you're going to cover and follow up yourself, or are they assigned to you? How does that work? It's a bit of everything. Uh, the, 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 they've got these uh, organizational chart things that are all on the internet, and you find the stories, you sort of throw them into the bucket, and the bosses look at them and say, that looks good, that looks rubbish. So they kind of go through the system, and then you can pick them up again later, or you can pick up something else that somebody's... So there's just a never-ending queue of stories. It never stops. It hmm. never stops. And also we're encouraged to not just do that uh, rewriting whatever's in the New York Times type stuff, but going out and getting our own stories. And I'll be, I was out this morning just interviewing some companies, and uh, you know, I'll be writing up those stories in the days ahead. And there's also, they're also doing this stuff, a lot of this. Like every day at 11 a.m. Pacific, there's like a half-hour live video show. And it will be an opinion-led piece just talking about the issues of the day, you know, an issue of the day. And that's a, that's a new way of doing podcasting. You know, it's live. Why not? That's what people are interested in. Well, it's, it's funny because it's kind of come full circle on that stuff. Because in the, I remember for a while in the heady days of real media, you know, GameSpot and, and those guys were doing like a live news roundup at the end of the day. And then it, that kind of stuff all went away. But I, I think it makes a lot more sense as podcasts in, in, in a lot of ways. Because, you know, then you take it with you in the car and you're not, you know, it's, it's a little bit more portable and, and, and I, I, it's a good thing. Yeah, I think there are all sorts. I mean, it's, I think it is all about video these days. People want to see stuff. Uh, uh, it's nice to have audio feeds in cars, but I'm not sure if I do that all that often. Um, but, uh, but the opportunity to just... To just sit there and talk about something for 20 minutes. Let's talk about the new consoles. Let's talk about violence, whatever. And I think 20 minutes is a, is a good enough segment. You know, when you listen to NPR, if they have a big feature, it's about 15, 20 minutes. They don't go on about it for an hour. So let, let me ask you a question, though. Do you think – I mean, one of the things I've noticed, especially in the last year or so, and I don't think this is – I think actually Polygon is, is, works counter to this a lot of times. But I've noticed that there's been a lot more controversy in, in or maybe it's just my perception, but it feels like there's been a lot more controversy in games this year, like it, it, both in in not necessarily in the games themselves, but in the in the development and, and communities, all the communities surrounding the games industry. I, I think it's more the fact that there's a lot more people looking at games, thinking about games, and talking about games. You know, when me and Gary started back in the day, there wasn't really much to talk about. It was, this has got great graphics, the Commodore 64 is down in price. That was the, those are the sort of issues that people talked about. Now people talk about uh, misogyny or violence or politics. You know, I was talking to the guy who wrote that, that uh, Democracy 3 uh, game on PC. It's yeah. interesting. Fantastic product. And he is full of ideas about the real world. You know, we were, I was interviewing at the, him at the same time as the government shutdown. And so there's a, there's a real interconnectedness between the real world and video games now, which, which you know, technology and design and the, the popularity of games has allowed to happen. And as a journalist, 
It's fantastic. It's so much more interesting. I don't think you need to manufacture this stuff. I, I just think it comes out of people's passion and interest and, and getting them around talking about stuff. And, I, you know, I was talking to a guy today. He's, he's 32 years old. He's the CEO of a big startup. He used to work for Google and Facebook. You can't get much smarter than that. He spent his life playing video games, thinking about video games. And you get into a room with a guy like that, he's going to be, he's gonna, you know, be interesting. He's going to say interesting things. It is interesting because, Colin, you and I are both old enough to remember. You know, we came out. I started, you know, when uh, 1988. I think you were around the same time when we were going through, like, the 8-bit to 16-bit transition. Ancient history as far as video games are concerned. And back then, you're right. I mean, the industry at the time felt very parochial. It felt very small. Well, I mean, it, it was... It wasn't. It, it wasn't. Okay, sorry, parochial. Yes. Yes. Different it felt, word. It, it felt. It felt very small. It didn't. You know. And really, the the real world just basically left us alone because games just weren't a very big deal. But now, you know, in the age of Sony and Microsoft and you know, two hundred million dollar you know game openings, you know, we're we're part of the real world now, and so we're we're subject to the same real world scrutiny. And I think what Will has talked about a lot of the controversy has come from the fact that gaming. People inside gaming, people that create games, people that build them and market them, are desperately trying to grow up and be more inclusive and be more mature. And I think there's certain aspects of the of the audience that are always going to be resistant to that. Yeah, I don't know why, because you've got people who have things to say, interesting things to say about their lives, their troubles, um, their beliefs, and they're saying them through video games. And I can't, for the life of me, understand why that would be a problem for somebody. You know, this sort of like, let's just make them about shooting people and having fun. I don't get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody's but, taking that away. Right, that's right. It's exactly right. And yet here we have people doing fascinating stuff like, you know, uh, Gone Home. And, uh, and why, why would that bother anybody? It's, it's completely beyond I, me. That, that's the part of gaming that I find most depressing right now. It's something like Gone Home or Papers, Please comes along. Like 10 years ago, we wouldn't even imagine that games like this would exist today. That, or, or they would have been buried in what flash. What is that resistance like? like? But the whole nonsense of like, this isn't really a game. Like, that bothers me immensely just because i mean, i think we're past the point of even having what's, what's the effect of, of that if people in forums are saying this isn't a game that's that's i, I think the effect sure. is that it slows down the acceptance of of these things as legitimate pieces of entertainment and you know as long as there's that kind of negativity it's harder and harder for them to, to I mean, negativity is always going to exist yeah you're always going to find form. you're always going to have reactionaries yeah. and people who just don't like any form of change and uh, but but change is is a fact of, of video games and never more so than now, I mean, Gary, you, you go back to the 80s and things changed very slowly. It felt at the time like we were living in this maelstrom. But, but, but actually, the, the 8-bit era, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it, it threw up quite a lot of interesting things and there was a lot of change happening, but it didn't feel like everything could change within a day. You felt like you got a grasp of everything. Right. And, and, and there was almost a roadmap in front of you. Things are going to get slightly better, faster, prettier. Um, but Stream I wouldn't down. say that now. Streams down again? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm getting a I'm getting a, stat, a static screen on YouTube right now. No. Hey, Joey. Stream down. I'm still thinking about that ten sticks of butter versus doing heroin question. I don't know which side of that I would come down on. What's the question? Everything says it's good. We asked a uh, Would you rather? Would you rather eat ten sticks of butter in one session, or do heroin once? It looks like it's not even worth thinking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible idea either way. No, I mean, I don't, don't do the heroin. Where is it? Bring it on. Yeah. See? <laughs> Go do the I, I, knew, I knew we'd get some straight talk from Colin. You, you just have enough... Dave, str- had to, Dave had to really think about it. If you believe that you have and enough he, willpower... He, he to, ultimately came down on the heroin side as well. I think he did as well. No, he came down on the butter side. He came down on the heroin oh, side. He, no, he came down on the heroin side. He said it'd be refreshing. Just, oh. <laughs> Great content. Guys. All right, YouTube is working. We're, we're back. Okay, we're good. good. We never left. Hi, Twitch. 
Yeah, Twitch is always Twitch, Twitch is, is always, rock solid. Twitch is always reliable. Oh, so so people were watching that. People were watching oh, the whole oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Colin. go. Yeah, never never let your guard down when you're. Oh yeah, Colin gets oh, a free. Oh gift. yeah, Colin. Special. Uh, oh, Dave limited edition. Dave liked his so much he left it sitting wow. over on the desk. He must have forgotten. It's it. a tested magnet. Oh, it's we'll lovely. bring it back to him I later. I should put that on my refrigerator. That's exclusive it's for our perfect for our place. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take the other ones well for my children. Go so. for it. Uh, tell them not to put. How old are your children? Are they? Did they still put things in their mouth? Uh, probably. You know, 15, 16. They, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're sort of seven, eight years old. They'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're they're apparently they're copper, so they may be toxic if you lick them. Oh, something I, to remember. I, I, I shall I shall bear that in mind. Now, yeah. as a as a reporter on the sidelines of the game industry, where we are right now with the new consoles coming in and the kind of refreshing of the console wars, is this a particularly interesting time for you, or do you find this tiresome? Like, where are you on? I I, I definitely don't find it tiresome. It's it's incredibly hard. Work work I, I feel especially sorry for the people who have to do the reviews you know they've got to review 10 games or 12 games uh on each platform over the next 30 40 days that's an insane amount of work and and even with all the unemployed freelancers out there uh, you've got to find people to, to to do that beat so so it's it's refreshing it's interesting what i find interesting about this generation is if you go back eight years to the last one there was no. There, it felt as if this is a new beginning. This is everything looks great and fantastic, and there there are no downsides. This time, I have this this kind of dark sense that uh, we're kind of inspecting the colour guard while somebody in Sarajevo is being shot. It feels as if some some so the world is going to change, but I don't quite know. I don't quite know how. But you know, you look at stuff like. Oculus Rift, uh, Cast AR. You, you know, I bought a PC a few days ago, and I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, I went to a cloud conference a few weeks ago, and you start to see how that technology is coming along. It's absolutely terrifying, and you think, well, what? You know, I can see how these consoles are gorgeous, and they do loads of great things, but a tiny part of me worries that in five or six time, five or six years' time, will these things be available in stores, or will we be looking at this completely alien thing that we haven't even thought about yet? I, I think we're at a point where nobody seems to know. Like, I think you're, this, the future seems like more nebulous now than it did with the last generation, where like last generation was all like, well, okay, we're all going to go online and play games with each other, and we're finally going to make that work in a, in a way that is you know, satisfying to everyone, and we all kind of got that. But I think especially with what Xbox is doing is, well, it's this and it's that, and this will be the one box you need, and this eye is going to be watching you all the time. Like, people, I think, are a little more skeptical about what, the future holds. The, Before the current generation or the upcoming generation was announced, a lot of people were saying maybe the 360 and the PS3 would be the last of the, the big box in the living room. And we got big boxes in living rooms, but are you guys, I mean, we're not at that yet. But next generation, you think? Oh, I, can't see, I, I really can't see another, another generation. And, and I think this one might be, I mean, they have to do it. They, they, these, these machines needed to be refreshed. They're far too old. They're locked into the, the model that they're with. You know, put a box out there, stick some games on it, try to milk the consumers for $5 a month to play online. You know, that, that, that model is fine for at least the next, next three or four years. The question is, is it fine for the next 10 years? Because that's the investment they're making. And I think it's interesting that the console manufacturers are making money out of their consoles from day one, which they never used to do in the past. Nintendo's the only company that really did that. So the, the, the CFOs are not buying the whole, this is going to work out over the next 10 years. They want to be paid now. So the hardware, they're making money on, on hardware. On I PS, believe so. On, on one and on PS4. Yeah, I believe so. And, and, but, I, but I think that there is a certain amount of tail wagging dog with these companies. Micro, you know, with the last generation, it was real easy to get... It, the, the, the graphics looked great. The online thing, the HD, it was, it was, it was all... Uh, you could go into a store and be sold it and you buy it. 
But this time, the graphics look a bit better. The, the yeah, online, it doesn't the feel like a revolutionary it, step forward it's all this about, time. But plus there's a lot of other stuff which I don't even understand. Oh, I can do something with my TV. Well, I don't, I don't really need to do anything with my TV. I just turn it on and I watch it. And so, so I worry slightly that, that they're trying to charge people four, or $500 for something that they might not need to spend for. Well, and I think this on. is why right now Sony seems to be willing, winning a little bit, kind of the battle of the mindshare, which is they just went all out focus on games. Went, this, is, this is what you're going to do with it. We, we, we put all our focus on just making your game experience as big as possible as good as possible and Microsoft came out with kind of a, you know that infamous press conference where they just said they said TV like 500 times and games maybe three or four times mm-hmm. where people suddenly became very the core audience the gaming audience became very skeptical about what future Microsoft are trying to take them down the road towards yeah and I, and I worry also how, how well I sound very negative I don't really mean it I mean it's obviously a new consoles are good things but, but uh, I, I wonder too about loyalty whether People are loyal to those brands in the way that they were uh, in the PlayStation to PlayStation 2 crossover. I wonder if they're as loyal now, especially when you're looking at $100 and something that a lot of people don't particularly care about, which is, which is Connect. I'm going to see a whole bunch of Microsoft games on, uh, on Monday, and I think the big pitch for them is going to be, look at Connect. And I'll tell you, I've got to tell you, they've really got to sell that to me because I had Connect in the last one. Like most people, enormously disappointed. This is going to have to be something special. I bought Connect when it came out, and it sits in a junk drawer now, and I kind of lost all faith in it because I think that was like the beta product that they should never have released. It just did not do what it was supposed it's, to do. It's great for pausing Netflix. Yeah, and it's and it's also good for it's also good for messing with you every time you you know lift up your hand to take a drink of a you know a can of soda or whatever because it doesn't know when you actually want to be talking to but it. But the kids love it, do they? But I, my kids don't. I'm, you know, I'm the eternal, my kids love Minecraft. I'm, the, yeah. I'm the eternal optimist, and I'm willing to believe that they actually have got, they've got it right this time. That the technology is finally there on this in the second generation to do the things that you know you so, hope it can do. So what we saw at E3, uh, what Norman, Joey, and I saw at E3, and then I saw again at Comic Con a couple weeks later, like the technology in those. In, well, at E3, it was a very controlled circumstance. It was a fake living room that they set up on the show floor, as they tend to do. Right. Um, the, the Comic-Con one was much more – would have been a disaster for the first Connect though, because it, it was a Connect that was facing a big, giant open room. It was dark, but it wasn't super dark. And you know it worked really well in both places. I, I feel like they probably worked out the technology. Now it's just a matter of solving the DS problem and, and developers figuring out what the hell to do with, with this stuff that's going to be fun, that's not just waving your arms around and, and kind of nonsense like that. So Yeah, it's, it's, it, the, the, tech, the technology is, is vastly improved. You can use your fingers rather than just, just these sort of like two or three input devices. Uh, smaller, darker rooms are going to work. You're going to have less of that problem where things just don't work, which is incredibly frustrating. But, but, but it hasn't answered the question, do people actually want this? Do people actually care? You know, we, we, and, and, and do they care enough for this to last through the years ahead? Well, people cared about playing guitars for two or three years, but then they stopped caring. Right. And, and, and we, we, we need to see if Connect is just this kind of piece of technology that everyone goes, wow, it's like Star Trek, and then they forget about it, or if it's something that people actually want, instead of a mouse or a, or a, a, a joypad. I, I think... Um I, you know, I think the the rock band thing, the plastic guitar thing, is an interesting an interesting point because, I mean, that was a situation where it was incredibly popular for Guitar Hero two, uh, rock band Guitar Hero three, rock band two, and then both EA and Activision released so many titles that it just kind of went off a cliff. And the reason Rock Band I think sold a lot, at least anecdotally, is that. 
parents were really into it because they were excited to see their kids playing a game that didn't involve shooting their friends in the face and calling each other names on the internet. And and you know the whole family would get together. The parents, the uncles, the aunts, the kids, the grandparents, everybody would sit around and you could all kind of find a difficulty level that worked for you. With Connect, I think the promise was a lot of the same for parents. So parents saw, oh, hey, it's more games that don't involve you know calling people names on the internet, they can shooting get each active. other. They can be active and they can move their arms around, even if they're not doing jumping jacks and stuff. At least they're still not just sitting on the couch, dead eyed with a gamepad. And and so I think that all Nintendo, all Microsoft has to do is sell the parents on Connect, not necessarily the kids who are going to necessarily actually play the game. I think Connect stuff is sold on promise of not call, not being Call of Duty more than actually being games that people want to play. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That, that, but it's it's going to be the, the the situation where you've got the sales executive or the sales uh, assistant at Best Buy, you've got m- mom and dad, and then you've got the kiddie, and then you've got the $100 thrown into there as well. So that's quite yeah. a big mix of stuff, not to mention all these shortages that we're going to see over the next three to four months. What I'm hearing at retail is not good at all. And I think that some of the retailers are going to be talking about this over the next week or so, and they're going to be saying, we do not expect to have anywhere near enough of these things to sell uh, over Christmas. Now, that, that, that is not the same as saying that these things are wildly popular. You know, there are, uh, uh, you know, 100 million uh, console owners in the U.S. at the moment, and a significant number of them are saying, I want a new console. So uh, we, we're going we're gonna to see over the next few months... Kind of a, a bit of a. Isn't that always the way though? I can't remember the last time a console was in ample supply over its launch period. Well, even Wii U was was difficult to get hold of at, at Christmas last year, for a short. For a Wii short U while. was Wii U was probably the only one I can think of in recent. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean every single console that I bought in the last. That you could walk in day one and. No, I mean 360. I I remember. Flying I bought around. a 360 on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. PS even PS3 wasn't easy to find for a while. Um. But I don't um, know. What, what, so what, are you, what, are you, what are your thoughts? What do you think about Wii U? Like, where are you I at went, with that? I, I went to see uh, Super Mario World 3D. Mm-hmm. It looks like well, it doesn't look like I played it. It's enormous fun to play, and they've done something really clever, getting four people, four characters playing on the screen at the same time in this 3D Mario world. You got Toad and Peach, Luigi and Mario, all running around. And and the, the, uh, in, I interviewed Miyamoto and the genius of these these guys is figuring out what people want to do with each other you know you're talking about getting all the family together and playing this is something that you can all do and have fun because the game is sort of 50 percent you all working together to to beat bowser and beat the baddies and get to the end of the level and 50 percent of you trying to beat the other guy trying to get the most points trying to throw your brother off the side of a cliff and and stomp on mom's head and all that stuff and i think that that, that that's the, the nintendo that we love Unfortunately, you, you, you know, counterbalancing that is the fact that Wii U is a bit of a dog. The whole thing with the, um, with the screen, uh, the, you know... The, the one, second screen? The, yeah, the second screen, I, you know, I completely get the, 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 the strategy, but I don't get the one person has it and everybody else doesn't thing. I, just, I think that naturally people resist that, that stuff. And also branding-wise, uh, you know, it's not like Nintendo, but I think Nintendo really dropped the ball with branding it Wii U rather than trying to... Uh, I think it's just been new. a much tougher sell. The genius of the Wii, at least in that first couple of years, was everyone understood this, right? You're swinging yeah. a tennis racket, you're swinging a golf club. Everyone could understand that. Even my parents could play that, and they're like the least tech-savvy people in the universe. Uh, translate that to, well, now there's two screens, and sometimes the stuff is on this screen, sometimes it's on that. It's like, why? Hey, even, I, even journalists were confused. Mm. And these are people that are you know, game literate. They understand the language. And we, we, Nintendo had to 
try and educate them. So what chance did consumers ever have? I do think that the Mario game is going to be the first real system mover that they have, though. They've had a really rough first year. I would love to see them turn it around. They just need like a handful of really, really compelling games, and maybe Mario's the first one. That was totally game theory, Witta. Was it? Yeah. You got the voice and everything. Well, you know, we got, that, we got right? the old it's team like... back together. What was it like interviewing uh, Shigeru Miyamoto? Oh, he's funny. It was a video link in Japan. Okay. And he was sitting in front of the, the table like this and being very proper. And he had his two assistants beside him. And then he would just kind of go off on one flight of fancy or start making jokes or start doing cat impressions. He's a, <laughs> he's a funny guy, you know. He's an interesting man. Um, it's Nintendo, so you can go digging until you grow old trying to get a decent quote out of him. But uh, it's, uh, he, you know, he knows his stuff. He understands people and how they play. And, and I think that from, from him comes the magic of Nintendo and the, and the people around him who understand, you know, who've, who've learned what he talks about. How do you prepare? That's one of the few people that I can think of to meet an, an interview that I'd be oh. truly intimidated by. Like, I won't even know where to start with, with you know, the list of questions you're going to ask the guy. Well, you'd be, you'd be in luck because Nintendo didn't ask us, let us ask any decent questions. Oh, really? the, I think one of the guys from uh, GamesBeat tried to ask about how uh, the success or failure of the game was uh, dependent on the hardware doing well. No, 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 you can't ask that. You can ask about, you know... Wait, so I, there's someone screening the questions before they get as, to... As, as you're asking. Oh, yeah, they, I mean, this is, no, this is nothing new. This has been Nintendo for donkey's years. This is how they, this is how they do things. And uh, the, 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 it was very clear to us that, that you could only ask... Uh, Mr. Miyamoto about the game and you, to a certain extent you get it he's not in charge of the hardware operation he's a game designer um, but they were they were really like no I don't think that's an appropriate question please stick to the game wow. there's a group interview everyone's Skyping or yeah we all, had, we, we all sat there and listened to the pitch and then we mm-hmm. had one one question each and then it was out the door um, wow. so it was it was it, it was it, it was not one of those situations where you sort of sit there and you connect with the interview and, yeah. and it, oh, ideas are sparking and you're going off in all, no you're, you're basically being sold to and and you, you lap it up and off you go. So, I mean, do you feel in that case like you're a bit, a, a bit, of, a, a bit of a pawn of the Nintendo PR machine or do you feel like you can actually get any journalism done in a well, situation like that? I, I don't feel like a pawn because I can walk away and write what I want. And some of the people uh, responding to my feature said that it seemed to be a little bit snarky and negative. I don't think it was. I think I was very positive about the game. I think I was positive about Mr. Miyamoto. But I also made a few of the points which we're making here, which is this is a company that's got major, major problems, and it may be that even Mario is not going to dig them out of it this time. I mean, at least they're not rolling out another new Super Mario Brothers, you know, the sixth one of those to try to fix the hole. They, they, they do seem to have the Mario A team on this one. But, it, I mean, it, it is essentially if, if new Super Mario is all you're interested in, then you're looking at three hundred dollars for for one game. Yeah, which and, is and, crazy. And, and you know, when you put that up against you know Rise for seventy dollars, it sounds like a bargain. Well, we were making the argument well, earlier that even even though the, all the heat is on these new consoles and Wii U, people are kind of down on it. The number one game to play this holiday, if you're going to play it, is probably the, probably on Wii U. Right. Yeah. Because the launch lineups on the other systems aren't that brilliant. No, that's a, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's getting fr- worse. It's frustrating for me because, like, you know, I, I try not to make a sport out of attacking the Wii U too much. It's, I, it comes from a place of frustration because, again, I, the world is a more interesting place with Nintendo in it. They're one of the few true innovators out there. Always like, no one else was going to do that screen or do the the PlayStation Move and Connect exists because of the the Wiimote. Like, they, they they move the industry in ways that very very few you know other major companies or innovators do. And so I want them to. You know, stay in there. I don't. I ultimately don't want the Wii U to, to fail. I want it to be successful. I think it's they, they do have the chips, kind of stacked against them. But like when you talk about like four-player Mario, that experience you're talking about, 
we've had experiences like that where you get four people around, you know, kind of like jostling elbows and like you actually become that fictional family that only seems to ever exist in like TV commercial for video games. Like that's not really what happens. But when you get four people around a Nintendo game in just the right zone, that actually you do become those people and everyone is just having like pure... Yeah, fun I, in a way that is very, very few places you can find literally, that in games. Literally, the only time I've ever had fun playing video games with my parents was either with uh, Wii Bowling or Karaoke yep. Revolution. Like they, yeah. they got super into both of those games. Rock Band was even too much. All the buttons and stuff was were too much, and they play real instruments, so it was kind of lame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I, I that that is a thing that is very powerful, and it's easy for us to discount it because the Wii kind of petered out toward the end. But but there's there's definitely something there. Angry Birds and Cut the Rope. That's Let's, why there's very successful as well. I watched a guy play Angry Angry Birds Star Wars with his kid at waiting to get into Denny's last weekend. There you go. It was it was a real very touching bonding moment. experience. Let's talk about what we're here for though. Uh, we are here for Octobercast. This is our 24 hour charity podcast marathon where we raise money for three charities this year. Last time, the first time you were here, Colin, there was only one charity. Uh, this time we're doing uh, Child's Play, as we always have, uh, which is Penny Arcade's awesome charity. It raises money for sick kids so they can have toys and games, even if they're immune compromised and, and can't share toys with other people. Um, we also are supporting Doctors Without Borders and the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Doctors Without Borders is a charity that brings medical care to disaster zones, war zones, all sorts of bad places where it's tough to get good medical care. Um, so we've, we're raising money for them this year. And then also the EFF is, supports internet freedom and digital freedom so that the man can't use this to tell where you are and what you're doing and know what kind of underwear I'm wearing. Um, it is all three are great charities. Uh, I'm going to get a the total. way you donate. We're about oh. five thousand dollars right now, but the we, way you donate to these charities, yes. thank you, Norm. is you can go to octobercast.com, which will have a landing page with links to all the charities. If you want to go to straight one of the charities, it's uh, tested.com forward slash kids for child's play forward slash doctors for doctors without borders and forward slash electrons because you're sponsoring the electrons for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. We'll be taking. The donations even after uh, today and tomorrow. So if you're watching this on YouTube or on an archive that stream, a great point. Or listening, uh, they'll be going for about 20 more days through the end of the month, and uh, plenty of opportunities. That's right. The true to total, as always, won't be known until some days afterwards because that the totalizer keeps running even after we go. Yeah, to bed. I mean, right. we're four hours in, right? Three hours in, 30 minutes. So we're. I can't do the math on three and a half it's, hours. Uh, it's one seventh, something like that. Yeah, that glad, right. I am glad, that as much as I dread it, and as much as like ten hours from now, I'm going to be questioning the logic of it even more because it, the last few hours are always pretty dreadful. Uh, uh, that's the most entertaining for the viewers. The I last am, few hours, I do feel like this is like for me this 24 hours, this period of raising money for worthy causes, is like a kind of karmic colonic. Yeah, where I get to where I get to flush out all the shit that I do, the, all the all, all, all the, the horrible, otherwise horrible stuff, all the horrible negative energy I put out into the world the 364 days so, of the year. I fly, it all gets flushed karmic. out and made right in this one 24 hour period if of I'm, giving. And charity. If and I never hear the word karmic colonic again, karmic I'll colonic. be okay. That's what this is. It is, it is indeed. Uh, so as Norm mentioned, we're over $5,000 total. Right now we have the Child's Play total is $1,340. The Doctors Without Borders total is $2,831. And the Electronic Frontier Foundation, lagging again, guys. 
uh, is at $989. We'll read some comments, take some calls later on in the show. Uh, we typically, we're going to lean, let's just say this, we're going to lean on you guys in Western Europe to keep us awake in the wee hours of the morning. Yes. So and get Australia. your Skype ready. Yeah, Australia, if you want to call from tomorrow and let us know what it's like in the future, we're into that too. Uh, we'll put the Skype stuff up later. Uh, but right now, uh, we have Colin, Colin Do you want to re- reward the, the viewers? Give them the first reward because we've passed oh. $5,000. So Joey, do you have that queued up? Oh, yeah. I sent Joey a link. Oh, did we make, did we reach we $5,000? Well, I think we should have a moment just to celebrate that. Just we, to, we did. Oh, hey, we guys. did? Yeah, I was nice tuned out. High five. Yeah, right. I know you were on your computer. It's I was paying, we, we was paying bills five. online or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, hold on, Joey. Clip. Hold on. Oh, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, you got to tee it up. That's okay. Got to set it up. All right. So the name of this video is like, never show this to anyone. Never publish this. Never publish this. Do not publish. And we will still not publish this. Uh, it's li- it lives unlisted on our YouTube page. Octobercast exclusive. And the only was, time you'll see this is, is is embedded as part of Octobercast. Right so here. when we did the original Surface review, we needed to shoot some extra coverage uh, for the video. And Joey and I went to our conference room at the end of one day. And I said, oh, let's show the strength of the hinge. So this is the Surface 1. I'm using the Surface 2 as a, as a hinge. And I wanted to demonstrate it, so I... It's, it's a little and in the press briefings, they said, look, you can press down on the hinge. It's real sturdy. And then they push down on it. And we're like, oh, that's great. It bends a little bit. And um, you, if Joey could put the audio up for this, that would be even I don't better. know how that you did not audio. see this. Because no, the audio really is bad. the part that, that really makes the video. I don't, you know, and, and it's not like the Surface isn't a product that, you know, it deserved what happened to it. Let's just be correct here. Was, I don't think you, first generation was a, was a bad product. But, but we, oh, we can't get audio on the stream. So that's fine. That's fine. Oh, there will be. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here we go. We're going to play. Roll the clip. All right. Uh, here it goes. Norm, you're not wearing your headphones, okay. I noticed. So this is Norm testing the Surface. Yep. That's it. That's our conference room table. It's a Surface 1 with a touch cover. Oh, look. It's oh, oh, it's no. so horrible. Oh. oh and that's, that's so ruined. Rough. Well, you got to play the whole thing where I, I talk to Joey and I, I, I don't know break if we have down. all of that. What, what were you at that, at that moment of snapping oh. right there? What, what, was, what were you feeling? You could, you'll, viewers will hear it. I'm like, oh, what happened? Oh, oh look, and it's oh, not no. going. It's not going back. It's oh, broken. What happened? That's heartbreaking. And then I go, Joey. Turn oh, look! The oh, it's really, it's really fucked up. Look at it. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's like it's actually like the plastic is snapped right off. And I'm telling Joey, oh, oh my god. And I say, do not ever publish this again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to send a text message. I broke the oh, surface. Oh yeah, that's really busted. Now, do you feel like you were putting an uh, like? Was that be- beyond the re- a reasonable amount of pressure? Like, how hard were you pushing down on? In it? retrospect, yes. I didn't feel like it was beyond <laughs> a reasonable amount of pressure when I was doing it. I thought it was just going to bend and show the sturdiness of it. Right. Um, and I said to Joey, "Wow, we really shouldn't have done all those push-ups earlier." So you're still really making, so you're still trying to make this make the argument that you you were too we did, strong we for your did, own good. We, too strong for the, for our own good. D- did not realize our strength. Now, do you think the hinge on this one is, is stronger than that? I'm not going to test that. No, he's <laughs> not going to fall for it. Not, not going to. Norm, I, I think it's probably stronger. I think you can do it. And plus, you've been doing push-ups as much lately. Oh, so yeah, you, ha- right. you actually have it right yeah, there. Yeah, here it is. You can see service. it right here. We should raffle that off. So that's, we should auction we can. that. It's, it's we can't. It's a, it's a loner. Uh, well, um, it's not like they can take that back. Bent up. Well, they can take it back. But yeah, it's, it's, been, it's broken. Norm broke it. Nice job, Norm. Can you, you can take the, the actual... Off. I don't have the piece. Ah. That is, yeah. in every sense, yeah. what is known as a point of failure. Yeah. Nice job, Norm. So there we go. $5,000 stretch goal. Matt, what's the next stretch goal, Norm? Um, what is the next $10,000 is the next stretch goal between if, all three what charities. What happens at $10,000? Hot peppers? 
No. No, you got to save that. Hot Peppers save that for later. Oculus Rift. Um, Norm is going to play we'll the Oculus Rift and eat hot peppers. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. You're yes. in truck sim too. Just complete Four hours. sensory overload. You could go mad in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would go happen. mad first and then, <laughs> and you've, then have you, the peppers. You've, uh, you've become a Rift uh, devotee in recent days. Well, haven't you? I haven't had a chance to try it finally. Yeah, I, I went over to Grand Devine's office. In, you know, he's the seventh guest guy. and mm-hmm. uh, played They just it. released on Steam, didn't they? Yeah, nothing to do with him now. Okay. Um, he's doing something else. But makes the kind of... Or if you look at, think about games like Seventh Guest and Eleventh Hour, those are the kind of games that, you know, obviously way ahead of their time would be great on the Rift. You know, first person yeah, and, exploring and haunted mansions and stuff. He's, he's got an interesting story because he uh, <coughs> has made decent money selling a Mac and iPad app, uh, Patience, uh, Solitaire. Okay. And, uh, but he's, he's sitting there... His life is draining away while he's he's kind of monetizing this game and keeping it up to date and and uh, supporting the fans and all that stuff. Well, what he really wants to do is sit down and write the ultimate horror game for Oculus Rift. And if you remember playing Seventh Guest 20 years ago, how they used that technology to kind of make the hair stand up on the back of your neck, he wants to do that with, with the Rift. And I've got to say that I played it at Gary's house a couple of Sundays ago and he showed me one of the demos, one of the scary demos, and I was oh, you, genuinely you played Dreadhalls, didn't you? Scared. And you had that nope moment where the, the, head, the headset had to come yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I walked around the corner, and the dude was waiting for me. I was like, that's enough. I'm out. My wife, who loves scary things, like, she's the one that says, let's watch Paranormal Activity, but let's not watch it at the cinema. Let's watch it at home when it comes out on DVD late at night and then go straight to bed. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. But like, she, there's nothing, I've literally never seen anything scare her. Like, in a she horror. She is fearless. Yeah, like two, two things. She's immune to horror and wasabi. Like, she can eat like horseradish and wasabi and just go, this is, I don't know. Not the brain free? Yeah, it just, it's doesn't, funny. just doesn't happen. So it's funny, but wasabi doesn't going, bother me. So, oh, no, like, so, so Patrick Klepek, who is another horror aficionado and likes to do things like, Go to those haunted houses where you have to sign a waiver because they can actually physically attack you. Yes. Like, this guy likes his horror extreme as well. He did the Oculus Horror thing. And Ben Kachera at Penny Arcade Report did the same thing. They tried to play horror, Oculus Horror games, and they've both got strong tolerances for horror, and they both noped out. They were like, nope, that's it, I'm done. Is it's it the scary. audio that really... It's, it's, it's just the sense of, of being. You can't look away. You're yeah, in the world. And, and the, you know, I was there on a sunny afternoon. The 49ers were on on the other TV, and, and it's... Uh, it, it, you're still completely in this world, and there's nothing you can do. Nothing it's, you, can do. There's no, it's, you know, and even when you're watching a horror movie on TV or whatever at home, or in the, you can always look around and you're sense that there's a, there's a little window of unreality, mm-hmm. but you're still in your world. But when you're in you can the rift, your eyes. There's, you no, there's no so, hiding behind the couch. You're and, in the, and headphones are key. Anyway, so I got a Rift dev kit, and part of what I wanted to do was say, okay, here's something that might finally scare my wife. Nope. And, uh... She was playing Dread Horse. She's like, oh, look, there's a, there's a lady with her, like, her face is hanging off. I'll go talk to her. And I'm like, you're supposed to be running the other way. Like, this is not, I don't understand. Sooner or later, I'm going to find something that will, that will terrify I, horror, horror games, for whatever reason, like, I always laughed at horror movies. You know, the, I, I always kind of find them funny because they're, they're, they're inherently silly, right? Um, but horror games, for whatever reason, always have scared the living hell out horror of me. Horror games, I think, are scarier than horror movies. Yeah, you could, well, because you have the choice. You have to make the choice to push on. And typically, yeah. like, when I played uh, the first Fatal Frame game... Oh, God, I could, Fatal Frame 2, that was it. I, I was got, done I got five minutes into it. I was like, nope, that was $60 right down the toilet. Because I, I got to the point where you had to choose to go down the scary hall. 
And I was like, no, there's no fucking way. I'm, there's not enough money in the world for me to do this. I, I, I was playing Gone Home, and I'm not going to, no spoilers or anything like that, but when you go in the house and the storm and the creaking, and, you oh, start, yeah. and I'm like, I, I have to stop, so I have to go and play this, I'll play it tomorrow when there's people in the room, and it was scary, even though there was nothing really happening. I felt kind of foolish for a while, because I went in cold, people said, like, don't read anything about it, just play it. And so I didn't know what to expect, other than it was, a, it was an indie game that was, was getting a lot of praise. But of course, so what it does so brilliantly... Uh, and I talked about this a little bit as, as much as I could because this is the game I reviewed for Hot Pepper Gaming and my brain was shutting down. But like it, it, it knows that you think it might be a horror game and it exploits your expectations and plays to every trope in the book to make you think that's what is happening. So you know, you're probably the same experience as, as I did. Every time you go in a room, the first thing you do is look for the fucking light switch. Oh, yeah, in a hurry. Yeah. And, and nothing was going to get me up those stairs <laughs> right. for, for like an hour. Oh, God. No, there was, there was an attic. I played it over two nights. I was at home alone, and I thought, I'll play this. And as it was becoming more and more creepy, there was a point where I had to go down like a creepy attic staircase. Mm. And I'm like, I, I'm just picking this up another time. Like, right. I can't do this right now. And it doesn't so matter. That in Oculus mode would just be, and, it, and it's not even a horror game. It just tricks you into thinking it might be one. And horror games don't even need to be photorealistic. No, or no, the graphics don't Dreadhalls, is, Dreadhalls looks like fucking Dungeon Master it, from the 1990s. Yeah. It's all in your head. Yeah, we have that installed over there. What, Dreadhalls? Dreadhalls. Well, I, I, very, I very much enjoy watching other people play I'm it. I'm going to play that this morning at 5 o'clock. Tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. I, I, I think it is all, it's not about a great, I think it's all about primal stuff like shadows, noises, and all the things from when you're a baby or a child lying in bed. And, and that's, what, that's what people find the most most scary rather than you know some monster that's, that comes out of the ocean yeah the, un- the uncertainty and the jump scares jump scares on oculus would be terrifying just because there's no you're so immersed you have headphones on you have the goggles on you can't see anything else and all of a sudden you you get the jump scare well one of the one of the quite scream. effective demo if you've tried it is uh you played it uh is uh, don't let go right. where all right. you have to do is hold down the control keys and as soon as you, as soon as you take your hands off the control keys you lose the game because the game is doing everything oh, that's it can. installed too. Yeah, the game is doing everything it can to try and get you to freak out and take your hands off the keyboard. Because part of the weird, it's like the mirror box trick that they they, they do this um, with um, amputees. Because you can trick your brain into thinking that you have a, you have a hand that isn't really there. But mm-hmm. when you look down and you see the digital version of your hands and your arms and legs, your brain can't make the so distinction it's, right it's, away. It's like the thing in Dune. Your mind is the fear killer when he puts his hand in the box and he sees his flesh burning off. Is that what it is? That's very much like that. Yes. Fascinating. I can't wait to play that. Um, you know, you meant, we've been talking about Oculus a lot. This is one of the disruptors that's kind of impact, impacting the games industry right now. Because if you look at the time between the launch of the 360 PS3 and Wii and today, a lot of shit has happened. You know, phones, smartphones have come. The, the iPhone came out and Android followed, and and the types of games that people are playing on those devices have completely changed um, the economics of, of of games. And then tablets came a couple of years later, and it, and I I've, I've reached a point where I play almost as many games on my tablet as I do on a console or PC. And then also at the same time, Steam has risen in that same time to become. Steam has risen. Let's go like that. It's because it's, it's, it's hot. Steam goes off. Yeah, it's well done. Yeah, um, I just wanted to give you credit for it. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling it out. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. Um, Steam, Steam. I mean, when when the Xbox 360 launched, Steam was just just minus one years old or something. It was just kicking off at that time. Um, yeah, it was it, very early. It had launched as I don't think EA was involved yet, and at that point, EA was still kind of relevant to that whole thing. Right. And um, you know, it it was a 
it, yeah, it was it was a place you went to get Valve games and some other stuff, but it wasn't like the only place you get PC games, which right. is kind of what it's become in the in the last seven years. And and what's so disruptive about about that is not it's not the tech it's, it's the use of technology to give people value in that you can go there and they're offering you all this entertainment for hey, this is three ninety nine, this is seven ninety nine, here's a bunch of games for two ninety nine. You're gonna but you're gonna it, it feels as if. There's a whole bunch of stuff here that I need to spend my money on. And I don't feel that way with console games. I feel like I've got to really work hard to justify to myself to spend $60, $70 on FIFA this year. I've got to work really hard. I don't feel like that on Steam. I feel like they're reaching into my wallet and taking my money oh, well, off me. I mean, you know, people, it's, it's, it's legendary. You know, Steam sales, people, you know, there are lots of kind of funny web comics of like people that basically go bankrupt, you know, because they can't deal. And people buy games that they're backlog. They don't even play them. They just want to get the bank the savings while they can right well because there's nothing sillier than a digital collection but we all do it and 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 the steam sale has reached outside of the steam sale now it used to be that there were three or four times a year that there was a steam sale now every week there's a publisher on sale it seems like at least there's a publisher there's some indie titles on sale the 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 green light and beta and early access i don't even understand how half of that stuff works yeah i I mean i've I've played about i've bought three or four games this week and i'm sure that's going to be the normal pattern for me is i see something i'm going to buy it what the hell is seven dollars $8, $8, it's like a couple of beers. Um, and to, to buy a game that may or may not give you hours of entertainment is really worth it. And that's one of the big things that's changed in this generation is that the whole $60, 20-hour entertainment experience, that's out the window. And that's why if someone said to me, what shall I buy, an Xbox or a PlayStation? I'd be like, save up and get yourself a really decent PC. Get, get a nice video card. Put it in the PC you have if right. you're not using a laptop. And Half then- of the games on my top ten list, it's, it's really interesting how it's kind of split. I've been thinking about what my top ten list of the year is going to be. And it's going to be GTA, Saints Row, Last of Us. It's going to be those big AAA games. But I like fully, hard, I can already think of like four or five games that are like Gone Home, Brothers, Stanley Parable, uh, that are going to be in my top ten games of the year. And these are you know these little indie well, games, and if- only a few hours long, and you know five or six bucks, but are offering this totally different kind of experience. And I'm really glad, particularly that you got, uh, you finally got yourself a real Steam PC because even though I'm like a big, I'm very much like a tech agnostic like I don't particularly believe in saying well you should have this system's better than that system I think there's great experiences everywhere but I don't think that you can take gaming seriously as a hobby and not have access to a PC because it's too much amazing stuff going on there and only there right now right and that's not to diminish what PlayStation and Xbox especially the the digital uh, live versions you know the, the Sony especially have worked really hard to work with indies and there's some fantastic indie games coming out on PlayStation Network on PlayStation 4 like The Witness for example well, and I well, think it's going to change I think that I think that especially what Sony's doing and Microsoft did a lot with the 360 last year. I mean, think about like Braid and Fez. These games were really birthed on the on the 360. Um, it's, it's great to see. You know, just as a business reality, I think they can't ignore it anymore. These bigger companies, the the, the major mega publishers like Sony and Microsoft admitting that they have to take the indie scene seriously because it's here to stay now yeah well but the neat thing that's come out of the indie scene is that is that short that shorter that smaller experience like i you look at a game like um like well braid's the classic example but bastion or fez or any of those i mean i guess you could sink a hundred hours into fez if you wanted to get crazy um but i i as i get older i have less time and you know have a have a new baby and that's even less time you know i i like uh, to have a self-contained I like to have something that I can play for three or four hours, and a game like GTA or or, Bl- or Skyrim or something like that is is actually daunting to me now. You know, I, I looked at I looked at Saints Row and I looked at GTA and I looked at all the stuff that was coming out this year. I was like, man, I only have room in my life for one forty hour experience. I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna buy. Um, 
Wind Waker because I don't have time to play another 30-hour game right now, even though I'd love to go back and play Wind Waker again. It's like when you go to a bookstore and you see a great big fat book, and I'm the sort of person who likes to big up, pick up big fat books, but it's got to really sell, sell me for me to actually go and spend the $30, 40 that that book's going to cost me. And then I'm going to invest my, a lot of my time and my life into it, and I feel that way about these bigger games. But at the same time, I want to be playing these little games. I went to a thing a couple of weeks ago on Treasure Island. Genova Chen was there. And he, he, came, he stood up and gave a speech about where Journey came from, where, you know, all his design ethics, his, you know, his, uh, his upbringing, and why he makes the games that he makes. And he didn't talk about mechanics. He didn't talk about filling time or all the crap that we've sort of seen over the past 30 years in game design. He talked about making people feel something. And that's all he was interested in. And it didn't really matter to him, I don't think, that Journey was, I don't know what it was, two or three hours long or... Or, or 30 hours long or 30 minutes long. What he wanted was at the end of the game for you to sit there and go, wow, that really made me feel something in here. And that, that's what he set out to do. And he said to me, it's incredibly difficult to do that because we've got no, no, no language to talk about how we make people feel something in games. You know how to feel triumphant. You know how to feel bloodlust. But actually feeling... Like more complex emotions. Yeah, a sense of loss or loneliness or whatever. But Journey universe, did it, though. Journey did it. Oh, yeah. Gone Home did it a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Both that, Brothers you know, we're does all, it brilliantly. We're all getting into a certain, a certain age range here where feeling powerful doesn't really matter anymore. You know, we're, yes, because I'm powerful in real life. We, we, we have our power. <laughs> but, but, those, but those fantasies don't, don't do anything for us. Whereas, no, I agree. Whereas the, the sort of things that we're looking for in movies, in books, in songs, and in video games are starting to come through. No, because the, the, the kind of emotions and, and feelings or satisfaction, whatever, that games like Call of Duty and Gears of War, and those, those, are, those are great fun games. Yeah. But they're essentially serving adolescent emotional needs right which is kind of destruction and violence and well, at least say bloodlust whereas the kind of the kind of emotions that are triggered for something something by like journey or brothers have gone home those are more complicated emotions and i think you inherently have to be able to come to it as, an, as a more mature audience to to appreciate those games do you, do you i mean one of the things that that's in common with all of these games that are emotion evoking games are, are that they're relatively small teams do you think that's inherent in the small team experience? Like you, did a big team, like a Assassin's Creed sized team, can't make an emotion, a game that evokes that kind of emotion? Or you think it's? Um... I don't. I don't know about that. But if you think about the, the if you think about the great movies, the, the works of art that we love, and sometimes they are big things like The Hobbit or whatever. You know that that had that had stuff in it that made you fit that made you feel special. But it it comes from an individual's vision. And it doesn't come from a marketing-led agenda where Ubisoft this, or EA, this entity, is saying, we need to have a third-person adventure. We need to have it out by Christmas. It needs to cost $50 million. It needs to make $100 million. That, that's not where this is coming from. This is coming from an individual's need to say something. And whether it then accrues a budget of $100 million or $1 million or half a million dollars, it doesn't matter because that person has control over it, that director. And this is what is also interesting, going back to the start of the conversation, is also interesting about games right now is you have these artists like Jonathan Blow or whoever, and they're saying, this is what I'm going to make. There is no reason for me to even think about compromise because even Sony are going to bend over if I tell them to do it and they're going to do what I say. I and that, that didn't happen ten years ago or five years ago. I agree, and this is why I was slightly sceptical when Sony first came out of the gate and said, well, because of all this amazing technology we have now, this is going to open up a new era of creativity. I don't think necessarily better technology equals greater creativity. In fact, what we've seen is as game technology and expectations and budgets and teams get bigger and bigger and bigger what you see is games going increasingly towards the middle, whether it's Gears of War or Assassin's Creed 4, whatever, it all starts to feel kind of much the same. They're checking all the same boxes and hitting all the same kind of playtest-approved dynamics, the things that we know that players 
want, but after a while it all starts to kind of wash over you. And if you want to have a genuinely different experience, I don't think it's an accident that they're coming from smaller teams and smaller budgets where they can afford to take a risk and try to explore something new because there isn't like an entire company's share price or you know quarterly earnings resting on whether or not that game is a financial success. Are those things niche exclusive or are there examples you think that have like that creative driving force but still fill those buckets? Uh, sorry, what was the question? Are, are there any examples of like big budget games that can make the money and can fill those corporate buckets, but also have the creative driving force? That I think Bioshock Infinite is in a rare yeah, good, position of being maybe uh, that's a good example. Rise yeah. looks yeah. great. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's really sending you, a message. You can feel his pain as he jumps yeah. off the ship and starts cracking skulls. Yeah, but but I don't think I just want to pick up on one thing. I don't think it's generational. I think there are you know teenagers and young people who, who are going to get a lot out of these emotional experiences and, uh, and I think that the likes of us are, 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 you know, I know that you had a lot of fun with Saints Row which is a big budget, stupid game and uh, but it, it had... Good stupid, yeah, good just stupid, to be clear. A good yeah. stupid game and uh, you know, th- th- there's room for all this stuff and what's good about games is not that we're kind of turning our back on that, that heritage or that legacy, but that we've also got other stuff to, to, to pick from now. I mean, you know, the, the analogy's been made before. There has kind of become like the movie scene where you've got your triple-A, you know, mega Michael Bay audience-pleasing movies, and you've got your, you know, independent scene where you can go see something perhaps more interesting because a smaller budget makes that Well, as the, as the cost of making games goes down, the opportunity for small teams to come in and do their own thing with free of corporate influence is, is going to continue to increase... And, and I mean, I, it feels like we've reached kind of an inflection point for art assets. If you look at a game like Bastion or, you know, where, where good design, good visual design can overcome a massive, massive budget and, and you end up with a good experience regardless of, of how big your team is. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what happens when some of these guys who've made these little games start getting $50 million budgets and they, they, people say to them, go, go and make something that looks amazing and feels amazing as well. Before hey, you go, hey guys, I wanna... we got Jeremy Williams here. You want to have him sit down and do a five minutes of... Uh... What, overlap? Well, I mean, you know, you guys have been on together in the past. Yeah, of course. We're all, They're, uh, you're familiar. All, Pull up all a chair, sit a spell, Jeremy. Um, before you go, you were saying... I, want to ask Colin, I just want to go back to Rift real quick because I think, you know, it's, it, this, this is something I'm quite interested in. Like, I think we're all... Anyone who puts that headset on goes, I, I'm in, this is great. The question is, though, how do they take that and turn it into a successful... Sooner, somewhere inside Rift, aside from the technology guys, they're also having to figure out, well, how are we going to market this? How are we going to sell it? What's the business approach that we take? Because I'm a little bit worried about it. It's an amazing piece of hardware, and I think it deserves to succeed, but that doesn't mean that they can't or won't mess it up and find some way to not get it out there or convince people that this is the way to go. I don't think they're going to have a problem marketing it. If they get the price right, if, if, if it feels good, if it doesn't make people feel sick, I mean, I've, I, you, you saw my children play it at your house. They were totally mesmerized by they, it. They got it. They went to school the next day. They told their friends about it. Their friends got it. You know, if, if, if you can message it through a six-year-old, then... Uh, and it has that, that, um, that wee moment, you know, where you just get it, especially when you touch it. And I, and I think there's going to be a lot of people going through Best Buys and GameStops over the next year, trying this thing out, getting their credit card out and just buying I think it. Getting, I think the demo kiosk is the key. And what's interesting is just watching YouTube videos of people trying it makes you want to try it. It's like, holy shit, like, what are they experiencing in there that they're freaking out to this extent? Right. Do six-year-olds have the interocular distance to use it? I don't know what the cutoff is. Six is usually what the... I, it's one of those things I don't think they've ever actually... T- uh, Jeremy Williams, everyone, by the way. Um, I don't think they've actually... Um, tested it because of you know who's going to volunteer their five-year-old to have their vision potentially permanently destroyed right. um but uh, I, I, oh dear. yeah <laughs> i guess that was me <laughs> oh, it's fine and just like, the wii, okay. just like the wii people are going to buy them and then they're going to winning games for them yeah so you can't have just like the three you know the wii bowling and the wii tennis of the oculus you know. lots and lots of horrifying experiences what is uh, cast ar like i played with it 
Yeah, we, we've, we've, yeah, I, know, we've I, I feel like the only person yeah. here who hasn't. How does that compare? To, is that a very different experience to the Rift? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I, I had a go on it and I was like, this doesn't blow me away in the same way because I'm seeing it in front of me just like I'm watching So this TV. is more like Star Wars chess where it's projecting like the holographic pieces yeah, on a that's exactly real life it's a sh- in front of you? It's shared experience probably. I, I think the place that that's going to really shine is in shared experience, whether with somebody sitting next to you uh, like where you're working in the same space, like the right. the Jenga. De- did you see it at Maker Fair? Or did you see it at? Uh, did they bring it on tour? They, they, they I, on I tour? saw it at that same event I went to last week. Okay, and uh, I only got to play with it for five or ten minutes. But they were saying that the make it, the, uh, the people who make it were saying that, that that they see it to begin with, as you say, as being all about augmented reality, so that you play with actual pieces, but you're seeing this world happen unfold, and and you can you can imagine playing. Uh, risk or chess or whatever with someone on the other side of the world right. and, and, and also you can be ar- we can all be around playing the same game but only the, the, the games master is seeing one thing right. and we're all seeing yeah. something else and right. I find that fascinating I th- and I think if that, another thing if they get right you can imagine going into Toys R Us spending $99 or $150 on this because if you can plug it into a mobile phone or, or a cheap PC and you just roll it out on the kitchen table, I think it can be something really good. And it's interesting that Valve turned their back on this. Well, so, so the interesting thing about Cast AR is that it's two, it was literally a two-man team until very recently. They had one person doing hardware one person doing software. So the demos we've seen are kind of of the, of the cobbled-together Variety, not uh, you know the kind of polished stuff that we're seeing come out coming out for the Oculus, even what eight months into its life now. I don't think it's surprising that Valve turned their back on it at all, given that what they want to do is sell more Steam stuff and get, and especially with the Steam machines and the Steam controller. I mean, I don't think those things could coexist in that vision. Or, or if it is in the AR stuff, is a very small piece of it. Yeah, like what Jerry said, and she's been very frank about this, is that like they were just unwilling to to give her people, and and they build out this lab. There's no one to work on it. Yeah. So it was only you know Rick and Jerry. But it isn't in Not. any way. It's a very different experience to the Rift. It's more about projecting images into your reality rather than taking you into a virtual. It, it solves reality. a lot of that, the, the nausea stuff also, right? Because um, you get the motion track, the head tracking down, and the motion tracking down, so it's near instantaneous. But also your focal point isn't at a screen in front and, of you. Well, and you don't. You still have outside perspective. Yeah. So, so those, call, those call you, know, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, those sorry. of you who have tried it, have you tried it with multiple people at the same time? Uh, they, we did at Maker Fair, but they only brought one pair of glasses. Because that's. I'm wondering. Tour. I know it's a reflective surface that's intended to reflect light directly back at its source of the light. Yeah. But I can't imagine there's not a little bit of, of ghosting. We didn't see any crosstalk even with like the hand-built super early prototypes at Maker Fair. At least I didn't. Did you, Norm? Uh, the one demo they had was this um, like the zombie, maze? zombie thing where you saw a maze. Mm. And not that I could recall like that it was clear like overlap. Like, like you know how uh, the like PlayStation TV where you have the stereoscopic and yep, like, one exactly. person sees it wasn't like that where you could see a little bit of the overlap. Okay. Colin, I know you have to blast off, but uh, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, where can be your Colin Campbell X on Twitter? Uh, that's right. Yep, and and on Polygon, uh, pretty much uh, all the time, right? Yep, yep, every day. So yeah, Colin Campbell X on Twitter, and uh, you guys are doing a great stuff here, and good luck. Well, thank you, much, thank you very much. Thank you very much. See you again. See you, Colin. Nice to finally meet you, Colin. Yeah, you too. <laughs> have you guys never met in person before? No. no. Wow, really? Yeah. This is the really? first time. Wow, that's yeah. weird. You were yeah. on like 100 episodes of Game Theory together. I know. That's I know. bananas. That's bizarre. Well, I just, what a, what a weird... Uh, <laughs> bringing people together. Bringing, bringing just, people together. Yeah, that's what Doctors we do. Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> bring it, this is like an AT&T commercial. Well, this, all this wonderful stuff is happening. Jeremy has just gotten promoted I to... the sandwiches are here, so I'm going to go... Oh, go really? Grab a sandwich, Norm. Since we are five hours in, I'm, or four hours Jeremy, in, I'm sure you're starving. Jeremy, do you want a special Halloween Yes, yes, I do. Um, and we have we have uh, gifts for the guests. These are courtesy of 
tested using your young fray. Yeah, I gotta grab a drink. Um, and they're uh, copper acid etched copper testicles magnets. That's cool. Original logo. That's cool. Um, so welcome to welcome to Octobercast. Sir. Thanks. I come bearing gifts myself. Oh, you brought gifts? Yeah. They're a little. You know, if you like Hawaii. I like Hawaii. Candy or coffee. Are they chocolate-covered macadamia nuts? No, they're, they're coffee candies from Hawaii. I would totally have a coffee candy Now they're hard candies. Perfect. It's a little difficult on mic, I understand. but I'll just I'll, I'll bang it around in the soft parts of my mouth. Or maybe the, the wee hours when the demands on your vocal you know, harness. I'm going to put these. Don't tell, Nor- don't tell Norm and Gary that they're here. They eat everything. They ruin everything. Um, how are you doing, sir? It's good to have you, good to have good. you on. How are you feeling? Four hours in, this is a piece of cake. It's so amazing. Far. I mean, an hour and a half is enough for me. This is this is an, this is amazing as it so is. Feats of strength is what we do here at Tested. So, um, uh, you know, b- before while we're waiting for while Norman Gary are eating sandwiches in the other room, I think we'll let's talk a little bit about why we're here. Uh, this is uh, as always a fundraiser for charities. We're raising money this year for Child's Play, Doctors Without Borders, and uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Uh, and I'm going to pull up a total and see where we're at. Uh, right now, it looks like we're at about um, – maybe somebody in the control room can ask Gary to yell a little less. Um, about f- almost $6,000. We're at uh, 3800 plus 1391 is right at $6,000, right? My math checks out. 3000 Maybe it's a little bit over $5,000. I can't tell. Did I miss the video? Uh, what, of Norm breaking the surface? Yeah. Yeah, you did. It's a, exclusive. That's it. We're never going to see it again. Um. So you're a regular test. This is only a test guest, but you're also working on some other projects on the on the side. I saw you brought what looked like a prototype over there. Um, is it ready to show? Is this an Octobercast exclusive? I was thinking I might show it. You're, you're, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Should we wait until Norm comes back? Yeah. Probably that would be nice. Um, what else is going on? You, you uh, a pinball aficionado? Yeah, I've got a Wizard of Oz pinball on location here in San Francisco. We've got to we've got to come out and shoot that. Now that we're done, once Octobercast marks the end of our crazy, insane, busy time, I, it used to be that that ended at World Maker Fair a month ago, but now it's, it's we just just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah, with age. Um, yeah, so we're uh, we, we'll we'll come. I want to come out and see that. I want to see what you what I want to see what that's all about because I haven't like I haven't kept up with insane pinball. Yeah, I know you have a pinball history. I used to repair pinball machines, but old mechanical and electronic ones. So it was just like looking for the thing that looked like it caught on fire. And How then many people can out. say that? That's still impressive. It, it, I, I'm not. The thing is, I wasn't. I'm not good at it. Like I was the kind of person who like could open it up and noodle around and make it work again. Yeah. But I wouldn't. Like I could never have designed a board or like looked at. Like if it was really badly broken, I would never have a chance of. I'm fixing still it. impressed. Just can I talk about Wizard of Oz? For yeah, let's do. Because it's pretty cool. It's uh, What's the story on it? Well. As anybody who has any interest in pinball at all knows, there's really only been one developer of pinball machines. Now there's three people watching the stream. For, 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 for 10 years, like, there was just Stern Pinball. But then these guys came out of Jersey, and from scratch, they made a whole new pinball platform. What's the name of the company? It's called Jersey Jack Pinball. Jersey Jack yeah. Pinball, okay. And, and what they did was they, they basically did uh, kind of a crowdsourced, crowd, kind of a crowdfunding thing where they took all these down payments enough to found this company and develop from scratch this whole new thing. So th- this is the first pinball machine with a TV in the back glass, a big old HD TV, and every single light on the pinball machine can be any color. Wow, so it's all RGB LEDs and... Yep. Super bright ones, too. Uh, so it's, it's 
it's pretty awesome. I mean, it, it's not like any pinball machine that we've ever seen, and it's breaking all kinds of records. It's a pretty cool. That's machine. bananas. Uh, so, yeah. like, what's the how many? Uh, when you say breaking all kinds of records, you mean sales records? Uh, no, I mean, it, it. I suppose if there was a record for pre-sales of a pinball machine, it would have beaten that. But no, I mean revenues on location. Oh, okay. So recently, the reason there's no pinball machines is they just aren't earners. But because of all this new tech, uh, this one is raking in dollars. So they're applying like video game and slot machine learnings to pinball. I suppose so. Yeah, it's it's just really really sexy tech. I mean, when you see this machine, you're like, oh, I want to play that. That's pretty awesome looking. It, it runs Linux. Really? Yeah. Well, you know what else runs Linux, Jeremy? Uh, Android. The seat backs of uh, Virgin America and in-flight entertainment systems. Oh yeah, that's why it's so slow. I saw it. <laughs> no, 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 that's not it. It's, it's so slow because it's ten years old now. Um, I it mind it, when I was on a flight the other day, it crashed, and I got to see the Linux kernel reboot. So that nice. was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, and you you recognized it? I, well, yeah. I mean, it's like Linux two point two point two six or something like that. Two point six point two six. Anyway, so if people want to play your Wizard of Oz machine in there in San Francisco, is there like is it open to the public? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's at a place called Free Gold Watch. So if you if you Google that, it's actually on Google Maps. It's one that got the internal Ooh, street view. We have that here. That, do you? Yeah, yeah that, that's really cool. Uh, but but it's interesting because this was shot before they had pinball machines. So if you do it, you're going to be like, well, where are the machines? Just go. Oh. <laughs> They're there. Trust me. They're ghost machines. There's about 25 pinball machines there. It's a super cool place. Still oh. still kind of underground. So now you know. So we haven't uh, – you're another – you're a well-known Apple aficionado, which was a uh, a point of uh, frequent contention on in the old days of the, of the No BS podcast over at Maximum PC. Oh, yes, with Gordon. With Gordon. Um, Those were great debates. Debates is an interesting way to put that, but okay. Um, what did you think of the Apple stuff on on Tuesday? Have you guys talked about that yet? We, oh, at length. Okay, I'm sorry, I missed it. I missed. Well, your Gary's getting the sandwich, so we can talk. I about missed it your again. first hour. It's okay. Um, I I was most impressed by what you guys considered because I saw your Wednesday podcast, mm-hmm. and I was most impressed by what you guys called the least interesting part. You like Mavericks? That Mavericks went free. I thought that was an interesting thing. Well, as you're a, you're occasionally a developer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I was interested by the reasoning, by what, what I presume is the reasoning. A lot of people see this and they're like, oh, this is – and the way that Apple framed it is it's them leaving Microsoft in the dust. That's not the way – that's not the truth, though. Right. But that's, that was the image they showed. They showed Windows 8, $200, right. Mavericks, free. And yeah. as unfair as that is, yes, it's also not anything about the truth. I mean, in my – from my perspective, what they're doing is playing – is they're not leaving Microsoft in the dust. They're playing catch-up to Google. Oh, with services. Okay. So th- if you look at the at the feature list of Mavericks, it's like half of it is is good utilitarian OS upgrades, stuff you need. Yeah, I mean, and chief among them is for me is the multi monitor support. It's finally working the way it, it always that, that is like that is the one thing I can point out in Mavericks. If you are the kind of person that has a Mac with two monitors attached to it, it is wonderful. Yeah, because all of the full screen stuff works. The mission control stuff works the way it should now, and and you actually it's almost like having two computers that happen to share a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that stuff. But but I think if you look at the rest of the stuff, it's almost all about their ecosystem. It's about connecting iBooks. through iCloud. Well, yeah, there's iBooks. There's um, you know notifications across everything. ton of new APIs. And chief among them, I think, from Apple's perspective, is Maps. And we can laugh about that because who uses Apple Maps? Oh, Gary does. But like I bought Mavericks for the multi-monitor support. I ended up clicking Maps. And when I saw how easy it was, I typed in where I was going that night, and I saw how easy it was to send to my iPhone. For the first time, I'm using iPhone directions in the car. And it's only because it was convenient. So, but, but you could do that with Google's 
send to phone. No, you can't. You can instant message or email a web link. You can you can send to phone a web link to your Chrome browser on on the and not you without, click it and it not opens without up some maps. kind of extension or not you maybe need not a Chrome extension. There you go. I mean, th- this is out of the box. This is the this is that <sighs> whole Apple widget. We control everything, so we can do this kind of. It just works magic. Do you have to use Safari for that to work right? No, I, I use Safari only to download Chrome. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, but it doesn't use Safari. It's a Maps app. Do you use Maps in the phone in the car for GPS now? Apple Maps. That's what I'm saying. No, I, no, I did that like, for the first time. Is it okay? It you do- me, you're it still worked. here. It's San Francisco. I mean, I don't think they're going to make any mistakes here. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not vouching for the Maps integrity of you know the directions and everything. I'm just saying it was convenient, and it was super <laughs> convenient. It was as convenient as people need it to be. I mean, people who aren't techies who do, who don't want to who've never downloaded a Chrome extension. That's you know, true. And I, so that was cool, and, and they, they were successful in that way. And I think if you look at a lot of the features of the OS, a lot of it is about lock-in. So if they can get people to start using their infrastructure more, then they're locked into the Apple ecosystem. Buying one more hardware generation is going to earn them a lot more money than 20 bucks for the OS. Well, and, and, in, and to be perfectly frank, they're building their costs for the OS and the upgrades into the hardware. I mean, they have a nice margin on the I on their you Mac could look hardware. At it that way. They certainly are so, with, the, with the phone. Yeah, it's not like it's not like anybody at Apple is going to go hungry because you know they're not getting that twenty bucks for Mavericks out, out of us all. They'd have to go to the ATM, take some of that one hundred and fifty billion with a B. They should do more buybacks, stock buybacks. Says Carl, I can shush you, Carl. <laughs> Hi, you? Jeremy. Hi. How are you did, doing? Did you see this? whoever, I forget who it was, Wall Street Journal maybe, wrote an yeah. article about that and used Veruca Salt as the image oh, for the article? Oh, it was a Business Insider. I thought it was think. great. Yeah. More. I want more. <laughs> I had a dinner with Tim Cook and we talked about stock prices. Yeah. There's more, a guy. More, daddy. Yeah. More. Un- unbelievable. He, I just had he lunch. doesn't care about Apple. No, how was no. lunch? Was uh, that lunch good? delicious. There are sandwiches out there if you would like lunch, I'm, but I heard I'm, that you do not want it. I'll go get a sandwich. I don't want anything to slow me down. I'm you know, keeping lean in the light back here. The um, trick is half a sandwich, how was, not a uh, full sandwich. You went to Hawaii recently yeah. on vacation. Ah, sweet, man. Yeah, paradise. I mean, if you're going to go somewhere nicer than San Francisco, you're kind of limited, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I think French so. Polynesia, to, you know, to, uh, you can go to Hawaii, uh, which is what we did. And, uh, Bora Bora. Yeah, Bora Bora. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was great. I took my kids, okay. um, and I was able to take them snorkeling. Your kids are... We, six, need, to, we need to have you on a bunch of dads at uh, some yeah, point. I'd but love to. Six and three. Six and three, Okay. Uh, so my son, my six-year-old son, went snorkeling. Um, this was a big trip for him, I bet. It was fantastic. I mean, he he'd actually had never been in the ocean. Um, you know, I guess I, I should be ashamed of that, living here in San Francisco. Yeah. No, this is, a, this is not an ocean you put children in. Yeah, I, a, I mean, it's not no, one I want to go in. No, it's not. You'd, you'd have to put him in some sort of wetsuit. Yeah. Although, you know, it's funny. When you go to the beach here and you see all the adults in, like, full-on, like, full-length wetsuits. Because the water, I mean, just to be clear, the water is, like, 60 degrees. It's cold. Yeah. But the kids are all just running out like maniacs in the water, and they just go in, and they're, they're trained from a young age that when their hands turn blue, it's time to come back. No, for me, taking my kid in the ocean here would be like a punishment. Yeah. You know, do that again, and I'm going <laughs> yeah. to take you We're going to go to the beach. Yeah. We're going to ocean beach. Uh, but no, I, we, he had a great time. I mean, in Hawaii, the water is crystal blue. Yeah. You swim in your, in your T-shirt. It's like a bath. Did you, see, did you see turtles when you're swimming? No, we did go to this place called Haunamu Bay, which mm-hmm. is where you go in Oahu if you want to go snorkeling. And uh, there's supposed to be some turtles there. We didn't see any. Okay. Thankfully, we didn't see any jellyfish either because apparently there's a real problem now in the world mm. with jellyfish. Yeah. 
the theory is that we're reaching the jellyfish apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. This, is, it's not, it's, this isn't a joke, actually. This is a real thing. They're multiplying at such a rate as the oceans get warmer because the conditions get better for them. And they're, they're not apex predators, but there's so many of them that they can't lose. And their only natural predator is the turtle and the sea yes. turtle, and, and their numbers are going down. And, they, yeah, they breed slowly and in small numbers yeah. and are easily disrupted. So they actually have to close bays in Hawaii, I guess, when 10 days after the full moon, when wow. the jellyfish come up to Maine. Hold on, is the full moon... So 10 days after the full moon is when jellyfish get down to boogie? Yeah, yeah. Nice. That now, like a plot look of at a, all the stuff you're learning. Movie. Who knew jellyfish could even direct themselves? I didn't know They that. can aim. I knew that. You know what I learned about box jellyfish? First of all, the ones in Australia will kill you within four minutes. Yeah, and there's not much you can do. But the ones in... Hawaii, they just feel like a bee sting. So you're all right. Those are the ones we used to call them men of war on the East Coast when I was a kid. Because they always one? wash up on the. They're, I don't know if no, they're the same species. But I, oh, because men of war aren't really jellyfish, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think they're just they something look, else. They still the float like jellyfish in the water? Yes. But no, ten, no tail. So it's just the bubble. Just the bubble. So, and a box jellyfish has. S- oh, oh, boy. You better Wikipedia this, but I believe Internet. it has six eyes on each side. Okay, so you have 24. That's a lot of eyes, eyes around the jellyfish, but only two on every side actually have an iris and a lens and uh, a retina. Okay. So what are the other? They, so they're just for two. light and dark sensors. The other ones are light and dark sensors, but they also have no idea how jellyfish can process that information because they don't have a central nervous system. Yeah, there's no no CNS in a jellyfish. So this is cool mystery stuff. Plus, you can chop one up and it will become multiple jellyfish. Really? Is that true? Yes. I even read that you could obliterate one and the cells will find a way back to each other and it will reform the jellyfish well isn't that it's really creepy <laughs> oh, hold on are jellyfish one of the things that has th- different life stages where they're completely different kinds of creatures like they have polyps that attach to the bottom for a while and the polyps spawn off and form jellyfish or is that know. sea cucumbers I don't, I don't know so how did jellyfish reproduce that wrong. ah dude this is a very good question you got to go 10 days after a full moon and observe a man of war is a collection of four organisms according to blind marine in the testing huh. chat did you know that uh, some squids will deposit sperm capsules and that's how they mate they shoot little sperm capsules and if people have eaten squid meat and then had the capsules deposited on their tongues like a little sting and it's like oh you got you got squid sperm all over your tongue nice wow it's painful that, that the more like you know the next two girls one cup do you have any other squid facts Jeremy? No, I don't, I don't know nothing about squids. What about, you, you, what about jellyfish? You have all my information about jellyfish. That's everything you know. Is it all information you gleaned from this trip? Like, you got to be the, edu- the educated dad. Like, so, so when <laughs> oh, the God, Williams I didn't think about that. asked you, like, oh, what a, tell me about jellyfish. Well, let me tell you about jellyfish. I didn't tell the kids about the jellyfish. I wanted to know first. And so when we got there, I did all this research the night before, and I was all nervous. And we got there, and I said, so have there been any jellyfish dingings today? <laughs> And, and she, she's like, no, no. Siri, tell me well, about jellyfish. You, your kids are the right age that if, like, the one bad experience could turn off the ocean forever. Exactly. So yeah. this is going to be their first ocean experience. I want to be positive. Plus, I was also able to take Peter surfing. I didn't take him surfing. I got him a lesson, and, and the dude took him surfing. Did you go surfing, too? No, I've never been surfing. Since we saw you I, last, yeah. you were learning you skateboarding. That with I know, sorry. And how, uh, how's that coming? Sorry? Skateboarding. So oh, yeah, when we yeah. saw you last, you, you said uh-huh. you were taking up skateboarding yeah, yeah. to be hip and with it. So I have now skated to a local restaurant and back. That's hey. pretty. Did you bring anything back with you? Did you Thank bring like you. a doggy bag back? No. no, no, no just, did you go with your son? So that was yeah. just a, 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 a milestone. We a have local a, restaurant and back. It was a big deal because I have to go out and look like a fool because I can't skate and I'm 40. And Oh, because you live. Okay. That's right. Because you live in the city. Yeah. And so it's a very. So there's a very, lot very of people who see me. So I'm looking yeah. as cool as I can. Like I kind of got the. And do you occasionally like. 
no, no, do no. like a little flail? I tried to bend my knees. I tried to like you know get okay. up and skate, and I got there. I think as soon as we get to the skate park, there's gonna be enough noobs there that I should sort of fit in. <laughs> you're looking for the skate park with the most noobs. Yeah. Well, you don't. You don't want. If you're just learning, you don't want to go to the deep water, man. No. So uh, I don't know. You, we have, you want to go to Embarcadero and like those kids doing the the tricks on the. You know, there's a whole thing about the the, um, the the camouflage they use to hide the the impediments to skateboarding. No, tell me. So there it's are, a design challenge, right? Yep. Yep. So. Um, like in the Embarcadero, there used to be this like uh, this stairwell or or these places that were perfect for skateboarders and very ideal. And then the city got wind of this and started putting little like hinges on the on the edge of the um, the rails and on the on the all well, the, they, the ledges. They, they put and, like those little round divots in the concrete. Yep, all these like the divots and everything. Um, and if people who don't skateboard, they don't know what that is. And then the city tried to fancy it up and pretty it up to make it look like it was street art or something. But really, all it was was a way to Stop skateboarders from having horrible. fun. That's having their just fun. Mean, man. Speaking of skateboarders, I think there's another giveaway. Oh, Gary Wood um, is here. Yeah, I'm not a skateboarder. <laughs> no, uh. no. Um, Andreas Eckberg, who I met at Maker Fair in New York, he's a, a maker from New Jersey, I believe. Uh, he did those crazy, uh, those awesome uh, Lego prints. They're Lego uh, spaceman prints. I'll, I'll post a link uh, in the comments. But he's doing a skateboard for us. He's making us a, uh, a custom tested skateboard. He's making it from scratch. Out of Lego. No, no, no. Out, out of wood. Oh, that's he's cool. routing it and doing all. He's doing it right now today while listening to Octobercast. Nice. And um, we, we might be giving one away uh, as a part of the big giveaway package at the end. How does the giveaway work? Uh, good question. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure because we're not doing um, we're not doing the auctions this year. Oh. Uh, we deem that too technically difficult. Um, it was. It was logistically. But fast. we have a record of everyone who's donated. I can actually tell you. Uh, number of people who've donated to each charity yeah. independent of the dollar amounts and we have their contacts and I think we'll do, we'll do a raffle uh, but if, so even if you donate just a dollar you'll be in the raffle really and we're giving out a bunch of stuff we're giving out this, this space pistol so there will be no awards um, awarded to the people who donate the most um, we might do, do some special stuff so you can also do that yeah okay. we did auctions last year but it was just like the full, doing the fulfillment on all of it was just pain in the ass yeah so we didn't do it again i see it was tough you didn't have to mail a single thing out gary but even, but I, even, even just thinking about it was just can't you <laughs> even just think even just thinking about going to the post office oh, and, and putting tired. things in boxes i, I, I am at that age now we're uh, just thinking about i can get tired just thinking about things that i have to do it's like oh i need to sit down <laughs> we're thinking about that, that that odious chore that i'm gonna have to tackle at some point this week i can't think about it right now i need to lay down um, I brought candies. I brought coffee candies for you guys. Ooh. Now, they're from Hawaii, and they're delicious. Oh, I'm going to have one as a dessert for my, my lunch. Yeah, now, they're hard candies, so it might be difficult on Mike so and all. You've got to suck on them, right? That's right. Yeah, so you've had one before. Candy. What is yes. this? <laughs> yes. Coffee. It's Kona. But it's not like, but it's not like one of those like coffee beans. No, no, no. It's, it's Kona coffee candy. It's like two of them give me a buzz. Were you just in Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, where did you go? I went, I, we already talked about it, but I was in Oahu. What, nice. uh, was it your first time going to Hawaii? Um, no, yourself or no, maybe it's the third time. But it's my okay. first time taking the kids, and so I, I could, took them scuba diving and we took them uh, surfing. So I've never been to Hawaii, and I've, what I've realized is the way you can tell if someone's been to Hawaii or not mm-hmm. is if they can name the islands. Oh gosh, no, I, maybe yeah. I guess what you got Maui, Kauai, Oahu, the Big Island. Is there, are there more? There are. There are. I don't other, know. I've never been to Hawaii. There are other <laughs> little baby ones. If you can name not. the main islands. 
that's like you've been to Hawaii because that's gotcha. one of the first things you I've never out. been off of, of Oahu though. I that's would the like one to. you would recommend? No, actually, I, 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 people say Kauai's. That's where they shot Jurassic Park. Um, I, I would, went to whichever one has Waikiki Beach on it. Yeah, that's Oahu. Okay. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, that's Honolulu. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely paradise. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I went for a writer's convention, and I managed to block it out in such a way that I had one whole day to just, you know, to myself. Mm-hmm. So I went down to the, the, uh, the beach, the, the pool area, early in the morning. I got my little lounger. What, ho- I, what hotel was it? It was at the Hilton Grand Waikiki That's where we Resort were. thing, whatever. Yeah. It's okay, so you know. The Hawaiian Village. Yeah, Hilton Hawaiian Village. That's yeah. what it was. So it's good, right? Yeah, it's its own right thing. Right on the beach. It's a little microcosm. Yeah, it's great. Do you recommend like an all-inclusive thing, or do you just pay for the hotel? And I don't know. It was, all, it was all paid for me, so I had no <laughs> oh, idea. Okay. Well I done. I no idea how much it would even cost. Um, did, what did you... Uh, oh, yeah. Wait, I was... T- Story time. I, um, I left, deliberately left my phone in the, uh, in the room. Because I was like, I'm going to go downstairs and disconnect, unplug, and have a day where... And it took me about an hour of like, that phantom limb, you know, where's my phone? Yeah. Oh, oh I've I got to check my tweets. Well, And then you, get, you break through, you kind of have the cold turkey, and then you break, the fever breaks, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is so much better this way. I finally saw that YouTube video that's getting like 10 million views of, you know, the, the woman who leaves her iPhone at home and then sees all the other people that are walking, walking around her in life like, like zombies, just experiencing life through their phones. Yep. And it is kind of tragic. I don't want to be one of those people, yeah. but I am one of those people. It's like they live. It's much like it's a lot like, like so that, you see it? the world for it really when, is. When they remake, they live. It won't be a, it won't be a glasses. It will be a phone app mm. that will show you what what they really look like. There was this tragic story here a month ago in San Francisco of a somebody who was murdered on the train. Yeah, it's terrible. Who and then they framed. I mean, it was a senseless thing, a senseless no. crime, and I don't know if it could have been avoided. But the the police framed it as this could have been avoided, but everyone on the bus was looking at their. So phone. there was a crazy man who was looking for a victim and found a random person to shoot. Yeah. And it was, it was, it killed a person. But in the bus footage, uh, the person, that person took out their gun and waved it around. And nobody saw and it no because one, everyone was browsing it, yes. the web. Yeah. That, it, was, it was terrible. Yeah. So there it is. Well, it's good for people like me that when you go to an event and you don't know anyone, you don't want to stand around like, like a tool. You can at least pretend to be looking at stuff on your phone. You talking on but your But I phone? do find it depressing. We went to a restaurant the other night and there was like five people sitting at a table and they were all just on their phones, not, you know, completely oblivious to the world around them. Yeah. And it's a bit sad. Did Will talk about charities? Yeah. When, okay, good. Yeah, Child's you're, you're, Play was you're up at, to 6K now. We're up, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, I Child, Child's Play was at 6, 1701, which was, uh, as anyone who Now, I'm rooting knows. for the EFF because those are my people. They, they helped me out one time. Oh, how'd they do that? I was um, under fire because I, I run a website that's ne- really like 10 people use. It's called pinhacks.com. And it's now going like, to go down from traffic because 20 people are going to check it out. What is it? Uh, it's, a web, it's a forum for people who like to hack pinball software. And wow. Pinball yeah, machines. Talk software. about niche, right? So, um, but of, oops, sorry, Will. Um, but it was up for a couple years. It had a file submitted to it that allowed you to remove some copy protection from a 25-year-old you know, uh, software, um, pinball software. 
And the people who apparently still sell this chip, I didn't even know they still sold it, but they contacted me. They, were, they said, you're in a lot of trouble. You've got to take it down. And I talked to the EFF, and they, they were fantastic. I mean, I, I, I didn't even want to bother them because they're dealing with serious anti-privacy laws in D.C., and like, they're doing some really great work. But I didn't know who else to talk to, and I didn't want to pay for a lawyer, so I contacted them. And sure enough, they wrote back. They said, call us at this time next week, and I will talk to you. It is one person. And then I called them, and she answers the phone. I'm on speakerphone, and she says, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm here with Dave, Randy, and Aaron. We all find your case really interesting. Wow. And they talked to me for like an hour about this, and they were ready to take the case. It was fantastic. Love those guys. They give you like documents that you could send back and well, to get them the, off your back? They just ended up just consulting me. I didn't want to take their time because, like I said, they're doing far more important things. And I ended up just handling it on my own by calling the guy and taking the, <laughs> taking the file down. But uh, I love those guys. So I want to talk about hacking pinball tables, though. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know that was, a, that was a thing. By the way, it says here on your site that the most users ever online at one time was 66. That's not so bad. Wow. That might have been in the past two minutes. Yeah. Now, hold on. When was it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> it's October 25th at 4.24 p.m. right now. It was, uh, it was October 16th, 2012 at 8.45 p.m. So maybe there's some kind of pin hack party going on. <laughs> yeah, right. There we go. But like, so what, so what, kind of, what, what kind of ways can you hack a pinball machine? Well, there's a lot of old machines that uh, have uh, bugs. And so people go into the code and they try to fix them, such as, like, if you drain during a certain mode, your bonus doesn't register, something small like that that has just bugged people for, you know, a decade. Right. So now people have reverse engineered a lot of the, the code in, in pinball ROMs, and they're able to go in there in the hex editor and, and make it. Because this isn't something that the pinball people are coming around and, like, fixing the firmware, right? Just people like, who made these machines don't make pinball machines anymore. They don't even care. They make slot machines. Right. So, um, no, this is, like, everyone for himself. But there is this one chip that was intended to copy protect these machines from being distributed in, across uh, country borders without permission from the parent company. And that chip, um, you know, it's just a, a pain in the people's butts now who are buying old machines. But... Since they actually still sell this chip, and you can, they can make a little bit of money. So, on is it mostly just people fixing bugs, or are they all coming up with more creative ways oh, to hack the machines? There's an amazing movement now of people actually changing machines, but it's not anything to do with my site. My my site's just generally people who want to like fix can, bugs. Can you tell me a difference? Um, sometimes, like for example, the Star Trek machine you had, next generation machine, yeah, yeah. Bob, yep, right? yep, yep. The the screen you had, the 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 digital screen in the back, yeah. was monochromatic. Yeah, yeah, orange, right, yep. and. But their versions are full color. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy named Randy Perlow, and he started a, a company called Color DMD. Yeah. And he put an LCD monitor in the back of a pinball machine instead of the dot matrix display. And he basically pr- uh, programmed his own FPGA chip, which is basically like writing a microprocessor. Or, or you know. Field programmable array. Yeah, yeah. And, and he basically intercepts these every single frame of animation replaces it with his own colored version and displays it on the screen. I mean, it's insane. So it's an LCD. It's not actually dot matrix flipping. It's an LCD that, that has, you know, oh, made okay. to look like a but dot in matrix. In terms of coding something, so I, at, um, at California Extreme, I saw uh, the, his booth there and I saw a bunch of arcade machines, and like, including the Star Trek one, full color, looked amazing. Yeah. And I wonder how difficult it was like, to port that over. This or... guy's a serious programmer. And, uh, I mean, so just like basically redoing all the code the code is one thing, but then it's just like, think about the tedious work. They have to sit down with a pinball machine, record every single animation the game plays, right. and then hand pixel every one. Oh, my goodness. Then colorize it. So it's a nuts, nuts amount of work. So when you think about modding pinball machines, I instantly think of, like, 
Tim the Toolman Taylor, like, souping up a pinball machine. People do that. So, yeah. like, balls are, like, smashing through the glass and killing people and stuff. Yeah, no. That's exactly, that yeah, that's it's what like we all want. People don't want to do that to their machines. But there are people who have completely rewritten the software, replaced it with their own, you know, board set, and, and put in new displays and making a new game out of an old one. Like, there's a, there's a Johnny Mnemonic game. Who would want to buy Johnny Mnemonic, right? It's a horrible, Is it the movie or the book? The, no, the movie. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, the movie. So horrible license, but mm. amazing game. So if you don't pay attention to what's, you know, the, the sound calls and everything, it's a great. There's so, a kind of a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of weird properties that probably were cheap and yeah. that they made awesome yeah, pinball Yeah, like oftentimes the, the, the property isn't great, but it's, it's a, a, yeah. a good pinball machine. The Shadow, much. Demo Man, these are all examples yeah. of that. But somebody took Johnny Mnemonic and made a Matrix game out of it. So they, they completely <sighs> redid all of the art in the game. Same general layout, yeah. and they'd read the, sof- the software. Or Using no- clips lifted from the Matrix? Yeah, so it's now it's what it should have been. It sounds pretty isn't there, was isn't, a there, isn't there an actual Matrix pinball machine? There isn't. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Surprising. It's an opportunity. Has there been a Theater of Magic movie made? <laughs> That's <laughs> no. the question I want. Has it ever gone the other way, from pinball table to, to no, the a pinball, feature film? A pinball table has never become a feature film, but I feel like that's a, a good opportunity there. Is, is that license probably out there. We could go get that. They can make Battleship into a, into a movie. That's Why not funny. a pinball table? I think yeah, I, yeah, that's a little bit would of a the right one. But the yeah. problem is, is that for decades, there haven't really been original pinball well, they have. Right? They've, all, they've all been. They're pretty much all licenses. Oh, no, you're right. They're all licenses. Have been for 15 years. They used to have one in this bar that I used to drink in in England. And it was a Twilight Zone yeah. machine. Remember, I had Rod Serling standing in the door mm. like that, and it was good. Except every now and again, something that made no fucking sense at all would happen, and your ball would disappear for no reason. And I don't know if it was deliberate or designed, but like you, it would just be like. Twilight Zone. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's the Twilight Zone. That, that like weird shit can happen. But I feel like that was just that's an they e- had the Twilight Zone license. and They were like, well, look, if weird shit happens, and then we just say that's, that's the Twilight <laughs> Zone going on. That's an infamous game because it came right after um, Adam's Family. The same designer, Pat Lawler, made both games. Adam's Family was the biggest selling pinball game of all time. So Williams basically said, do whatever you want with Twilight Zone. You know, carte blanche. And uh, and he- Adam's Family is the biggest selling pinball machine of all time. Yeah, why is that? Over twenty thousand. It's a really good pinball over twenty thousand, and that's yeah. the biggest selling pin. Wow. Yeah, that's what you get, man. You don't get millions. so you don't need so you don't need a lot of volume in the pinball business. Um, well, I mean, Williams used to sell many games a year, so they would add those up over time. Well, but each, and, uh, each machine doesn't need to sell a lot of no, units. no, no, no. I, they must have higher margins. At that time, what would that machine have sold for? New five grand? Maybe, yeah, maybe four or five grand. Yeah, so that I mean, twenty thousand times a five grand is a, mil- is a million, a million bucks. A million it's bucks. A serious production. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of cost involved. Now, do you find that in in, in pinball history? When they now that it is all kind of licensed, do they generally are there like just five designs that they'll just slap the license on and kind of tweak it out a little bit, or no. do they really kind of go back to scratch, back to basics for each each table design? As far as I know, that's only happened once. And that was with Shrek, which was a remake of Family Guy. So they reskinned Family Guy, and they <laughs> really? made Shrek. Yeah. So they took one terrible license and added another so table. Peter Griffin became Shrek. But the game, like this, is an example of where the game was cool. It actually had a mini miniature pinball machine in the pinball yeah. machine, like the black hole that with little flippers. No, better than that. Oh. It was actually like this tiny little thing with in, tiny in the top left corner, right? With like this tiny little pinball. Yeah. It was neat. Yeah, and, and the Simpsons has that too with the couch. No, that's different. You're playing with your actual pinball in the in the couch. Oh, okay. But, so you're saying like a small. That's what you call a mini playful. Uh, this was like a mini game within the game. So I love this pinball historian. No, Jeremy it's interesting. Williams. Are they still? Is, how is the pinball industry these days? Are they still making machines? Uh, it's 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 hanging on. Everyone thought it was going to die about two or three years ago. Like they literally it just seemed like trajectory was going down. It's just dying. Can you tell us about the Wizard of Oz game? I already talked. We to already talked about it. About it. Oh, Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> um, what? It's looking up though. What? Um, 
what, what, how, like, what's, I know in the arcade community, people kind of frown on MAME and, and that kind of stuff. What's the feeling in the pinball community about, like, the pinball FX and all the iPad and Xbox and PS3 yeah. games? Uh, the pinball arcade gets a lot of love because okay. they're, they're emulating real games. And they're doing a good job. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't. It still doesn't feel like a real table. It's it's as good. It's as good as I expected they could get. It's better than I expected they would get. Okay. I mean, the emulation's pretty solid. You can, you can do real flipper tricks, real flipper control with the with, with their emulation. But you know, and they, they cost a couple bucks uh, per game. So it's what it should cost. You know, you get to play forever for a couple dollars. Same, but it's emulated. I mean, at least you get to learn the table, I guess. Even yeah, if you get the to learn physics the physics. Right. Exactly. If, if you like the game, if there's nostalgia involved, you get to hear the sounds, and so it's worth it. And it does. You know, like you said, you can learn the game. But so, no animosity. No, no, okay. no, no. People generally like it. It's like, well, it, they realize it's a completely different thing entirely. I mean, these are generally the people that I associate with are people who own machines, and so they spent, you know, two thousand dollars on a on a taxi. The fact that they can emulate for two dollars, it just like it doesn't take anything away. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're just gonna be like, yeah, obviously it's an entirely different thing, well, but it's still it's still it's great that they're doing it. it Let's let's take a minute and have you, did you guys check in we, while we were no, gone? We were waiting for you. Let's take a minute and check in and see where we're at on the on the on the crowd. And then I think Jeremy brought some show and tell. Maybe Ooh, not sure. I love yeah. show and tell. Um, so right now uh, we are four and a half hours into Octobercast. Is that right? Is it only only oh, four and, man, and a half? The hours. Story checks out. So that means we're a sixth and change done with Octobercast. Uh, this is our twenty-four hour annual podcast marathon where we raise money for charity by talking for 24 hours nonstop. We started at noon today Pacific time. Uh, we are four and a half hours in. So far uh, as of the time I refreshed the page a minute ago, we have raised 26,300 3,700 4,700 I, I can't do this kind of math. It's too, I could add two things, but I can't add three things. Wow. Um, yeah, we've raised we've raised more than five thousand dollars for the three charities we're supporting. This year, we're supporting uh, Child's Play, which is Penny Arcade's charity, which raises money to give toys and games to sick kids in children's hospitals around the world. Doctors Without Borders, which brings medical medical care uh, and doctors to disaster zones, war zones, all sorts of really bad places. And then finally, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which fights for freedom for the users on the internet. Uh, and protects us from things like the NSA and spying and copyright trolls and patent trolls and all that stuff. Uh, so it's three great causes. If you'd like to donate, you can donate to Child's Play by going to tested.com slash kids. You can donate to Doctors Without Borders by going to tested.com slash doctors. And you can donate to the Electronic Frontier Foundation by going to t- tested.com slash electrons. It's actually close to $6,000. Yes, I thought we were getting close to $6,000. Yeah, what I've got. Yeah, right that, that seems about right to me. So we're we're four hours and a half in. We've raised almost six thousand dollars. We need a awesome, stretch guys. goal. We need a stretch goal for ten thousand. Uh, what will happen when we reach ten thousand dollars across all three charities? Uh, well, what do, what do we have to offer? When are we going to do Lego? Lego's you, at five a.m. Do you want to show what we're going to do for Lego? No, no, no. We're going to wait because we have a, okay. a special Lego. Guest we have another in, in two hours, an hour and a half. Okay. We have another not. We have some more videos that are untitled and uh, unlisted in the YouTube channel. No, no, no. Okay, not, not okay. as good. As, I don't think we can. I don't think the they're as good at smashing the surface, surface breaking. Yeah. Um, well, think, a, think about stretch that. goals. Your we'll, homework we'll, norm. We'll take suggestions. Just to also. think about stretch. Yeah. Stre- suge- oh, if you'd like to participate with us, you can go to tested.com/slash/chat. We have a live chat there. Norm, Gary, and I are all monitoring the chat uh, uh, sporadically. Um, we also have. Uh, you can comment on the YouTube channel. 
That's a, I don't know that you are all the time in my head. It's long and has lots of numbers and letters and stuff in it. We're on Justin TV or Twitch TV rather, twitchtv.com. Uh, sorry, twitch.tv slash not that Will Smith. I think the Mixler stream is back up, but we sound kind of distorted and maybe a little bit lower than we normally would. That's at mixler.com slash not that Will Smith. If I had to guess, we're sending them 44 kilohertz audio and they're expecting 42 kilohertz audio. I don't know what we can do about that right now. I think we're beyond fixing Mixler, but you can listen to slow. Deep voice It's like a slow jam want. Version yeah. of it like Slo- Late night romance Kind of turn down the lights Slow jam The Octobercast hey, hey guys Welcome to Octobercast How cast. about the Oculus It's not that slow no? A little bit faster That would be good though Yeah that would be pretty cool Um so that's it. That's the ways. Those are the ways that you can participate with Octobercast 2013. Uh, Jeremy Williams is here right now. Coming up next, we have Lloyd Case at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, Lego builder Carl Merriam is going to come in and show some of his creations uh, at the 7 o'clock hour. 6 o'clock hour. 6 o'clock hour. And then at 7 o'clock, we got Brad Muir. Right. Why, did you, why did your not flash just go off? Who's flash? I have that turned on in accessibility whenever I get an alert. catches my attention. Oh, I didn't know you could do it's, that. It's nice. Apple buries a lot of good stuff in the accessibility section. It's like that green dot I have on my phone. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except <laughs> it's a lot brighter. Have you ever noticed that? Like, you just iPhone people just have a nice conversation. Android, the Android guys always got a button and go, well, I can do that too. I can do it better. My light's green. Yeah. It couldn't be jealousy. <laughs> it's fucking superiority complex. That's cool, though. So um, uh, from, like the, from the chat, WizPig64 says, Hey, Will, I sold my Dota 2 compendium on the Steam market. I gave all the profits to Child's Play. I don't know what a Steam, but a Dota compendium is. And, and Brad Shoemaker, our Dota 2 expert, is gone. So we might have to ask. I think Brad Muir is a Dota player, too. So we'll ask him what that means. But it sounds cool. Do you, know, do you play Dota? I'm the guy who's never played Dota. And Me I, either. I just, I played, are you serious? I've played some League of Legends, which I, I understand is quite similar. Uh, well, tread carefully. Have you well, played Dota? I, I, trust me, that's why I sound careful right now. Similar genres, let's say. I've never, I haven't played. Uh, we Dota. played, we played Demigod for that a little was, while. Which is which is the bigger one, Dota or League of Legends? I think League, League of Legends. Legends is League, of League of Legends is massive. Yeah. There used to be a Heroes of New Earth and League of Legends when they first both started yeah. as like which one would people jump onto, and then League of Legends just took off. I know yeah. Valve is very proud of their bandwidth that they consume when they release a Dota patch. Um, Do they send out press releases and stuff? No, no, but Gabe mentioned at one of his conferences recently that it basically, you know, takes up a tenth of the internet. You know, a, an enormous amount of bandwidth. To, no to, way. Well, no, I, think legal, I think League of Legends throws around some, lot. some crazy numbers as well. Like, when, when they're at their peak, it's like web traffic, it's Google, Facebook, and then League of Legends. When like, they're at their really peak, porn sites go down. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is, that's crazy. Um, uh, WizPig says that it's on the marketplace right now, so there's a, it's, it's 30 bucks. If you want a Dota 2 compendium, Go there, search for WizPig's compendium, I, did that, and you can bid it up. Dota, and he's going to give the uh, proceeds awesome. to Dota. That's a whole world that I just don't need to. I mean, to, get to, into. to one of our charities, not to Dota. The proceeds come from Dota and go to us. Um, you brought something to show and tell. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, let's do All it. Right, so. Ready. So you showed us a prototype of this ages ago, and it lit the world on fire. Or at least uh, us on fire. So we have a segment. If you, if you, for people who, who uh, have not watched Tested in the past year, who are big like whiskey fans and and here are coming back, uh, we have a segment we run on on the site called Show and Tell, in which we invite um, invite friends yeah, and that's um, not my typhoid right, right no. here. Jeremy. And we get uh, cool products to show, <laughs> um, things that we recommend and, and cool things. And we had Jeremy come on a couple months ago to show a project he's been working on, um, which called his his 
was it a light box, the grid? Yeah, I called it the pixel box. You pixel ca- box. You called it the grid. I like calling it the grid. Uh, so you guys had the most awesome audience. I just made that thing for myself, and so I, I came on and showed it to that you. That looks like it's from uh, Galaxians or something. Galaga. It's Galaga, dude. Is it from Galaga? Well, yeah. it's, it's the same difference. Oh, we can, I'm, we can I'm chance brightening it one so, more level. Jeremy, oh, uh, so, since you uh, came on and showed that and they got the, the great reception, people requested... Uh, can you make something yeah, that yeah. people could buy? Yep. And you've been kind of hard at work developing something that maybe is easier to make, more co- cost-effective, but also coding some software so we, yeah, to we, make it even more accessible. We should talk about what it is because I think it's – I think it's first off, it's a 16 by 16 grid of pixels, right? You guys are doing great. Keep going. I, well, we, we've been here. We've, I, That's 256 pixels, Well, Every time I see you, I ask, hey, can I buy this yet? Just to be clear. Um, it, it's, it's a little blown out here because obviously we're on studio lights and we can't turn the lights down. But uh, when you're in a normally lit room that normal human beings live in, it, it's very bright. It jumps out. Oh, Joey's going to turn off the lights. Oh, God. Or if you're in a dark room. When it, he, it, does look, it does look better under dark Yeah, lights. when he turns all the lights back on, probably the power is going to go out and the stream will die. Um, so you 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 when the one that you brought by you had all sorts of crazy stuff hooked up to it. It was nuts. It was you, it was running Raspberry Pi. Oh, that looks yeah. sweet. That's perfect, Joey. We're great. It was running Raspberry Pi. You had to connect to it over Wi-Fi. You had to be on the same SSID. You had to send SSH commands in order to run Linux commands to get the. It was the, crazy it was bananas. Same. It was stupid. Yeah, but it worked for me, yeah. and that's all I wanted to do. And, and, so and this one runs Arduino, and everything is controlled by these lo- local buttons on top. There's three buttons on top. I'm not going to try to show you them. But what you can do is um, – uh, uh, what, what it is is there's a grid of RGB LEDs, under, uh, 256 of them, yeah. underneath a piece, a couple pieces of vellum or some sort of diffusing material exactly. with a grid of separators between them yeah. that, that holds – keeps the light from each pixel integrated in that pixel. So the upshot is that you get really good, big representation of pixel art. Um, and it's animated. This one isn't animated. Yeah. How many frames of animation can you do? Unlimited. Okay. Unlimited. Well, you can have 65,000 frames, um, obviously. It's, uh, but you can do more than that. And so you've designed it so the yeah. buttons actually switch between the animations. That's next. Yeah, so the buttons will take you to the menus. Oh, yeah, there you go. There's a guy from Gauntlet. Um, yep. oh and goodness. everything's stored on an SD card. It's even cooler because it's reflecting off the oh, TV. Oh, there's a ghost chasing him. That's awesome. Oh, is that what's happening? It's reflecting off the TV. Yeah, so... Like when you brought it in, you had Galaga sprites, Pac-Man, you know, uh, Ms. Pac-Man, Mario. Eight-bit sprites work really well because it seems like they're about the right size, right? Anything, yeah. And since then, I've added. You know, you can do long sprites, so you have to scroll across them. Uh, so that works for like the Defender ship, which was actually bigger than sixteen by sixteen, or like the Scramble spaceship. So you can, or anything. I mean, you can take like a, a six forty by six forty image and move around within it. But you you know you have to figure out what works and what doesn't. The story Th- behind this, thank- is so thankfully, great. a lot of the old like arcade stuff works great. And that's what I made it for. I made it so you could you know basically see old eight bit sprites. Now, did you go dig up the old uh, uh, sprite, the pixel art reference to recreate these? Well, I basically played the games in MAME and hit uh, I think it's F twelve, which takes native res screenshots, right? And then you just crop them out, right? And you or you can Google um, the game that you want with the the. The, na- the words um, sprite sheet, and that will uh, get you a lot of what you wow. want. That was a was, was that, that a joust? joust? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So yeah, and so that they can move across screen, all kinds of stuff. It, it's it's now. Are you what are you doing? Are you going to kickstart this? Are you going to try and make this a commercial oh God, lemmings. Pro- project in some way? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, Mario, obviously, I, I can't include the video game art because I, I don't want to do the licensing. Yeah. That would inflate the cost beyond right. anything. Um, and the cost for the one that that I showed you guys. But well, once people have it, they could. 
put anything do what you I want do. on it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's basically they're BMP files. You just put them on the, in, a, in a folder, and the order of them uh, is basically the order that they'll be played. So, so that was – let's see. You brought the first version in probably, what, six months ago yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Um, since then, you've learned how to code Arduino stuff. Yes, uh, you, I, you were adamant when you were in the first time on the podcast that you could not code, right? Uh, right, that kind yeah. of code. I am a case study, and and anybody can do this. Yeah, and and you have built a whole program that will that makes it much easier to ingest BMPs, put them on an SD card, you yeah. put them in a file format, and then the animations just play. So you you get exactly what you want. This is the this is the the question mark block from Mario. They're even tw- they're stack them next to each other. What a couple of these. Yeah, so some people said that in, in your comments when I showed it to you guys that they wanted to put you know Pac Man and, and two ghosts yeah. behind him. And just so you know, the colors are a little bit blown out because of the way we're white balanced here. You, you're using RGB LEDs that are tuned cooler than than our studio lights, I think. Yeah. Um, it, no, so our white balance it looks, is off. The color looks great on the device. It, it's 24 bit color, um, so it, it's basically any any color you could possibly imagine can be displayed by this thing. You built the very first one because you saw something. It was a representation of like a, a, a digital tchotchke. Right. Yeah. Yeah, in that in the Midway arcade, they have they, you can turn in your your credits that you earn by playing the games to buy these you know basically sprite artworks for your wall in, in your video game cool. wall in, yeah, in the game. Yeah, so I thought it was cool. So I wanted to make my own a real video life game. one. So that, you figured a, a grid, you could make any anything that you wanted. But here's here's what the cool thing. So I can't include it, once I get to the stage where I'm kickstarting this. I can't include this artwork for obvious reasons. So I have um, I contacted eBoy. And they, if you don't know them, Google them. You'll you'll say, oh yes, those guys. Um, they have agreed to do a set of images that will be included on this at launch, along with all of the menu art and the logo. So I'm I'm super thrilled. I'm a big fan of eBoy. You know, pixel have, art guys. Those guys do great. Like they, they they were the first people I ever saw that did amazing pixel art. I think. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're fantastic. And it's and 3D they, pixel art. They just get this stuff. This stuff probably won't be heavily 3D because this really lends itself to more 2D mm-hmm. stuff. But um, I mean, I have. And like, it would be pretty. And it's pretty easy once you've got it to put your own art into there. My six year old does it. Yeah. It's so easy, even a six-year-old can do it. <laughs> We're getting dangerously near infomercial uh, territory here. But what's so uh, right now? You're running off of what looks like a USB battery pack, pack or something like that. Yeah, it runs off five volts, so I'm running off a USB battery pack. Um, but it, it will come with an AC adapter. Okay. Um, I, I, you can't get too bright with one of these little battery. Packs. And you could conceivably get like you can get a five volt battery pack at Amazon that'll plug into this Arduino board on the back if you want to run it without... Yeah, I mean, we're getting kind of into dangerous territory there because if you turn the brightness up, it will sap amps, like up to over over two. And so that's that's four times the PC spec. Uh, PCs are only required to put out 500 milliamps, so it will take more than that if it tries to. It's up to your computer to limit that, and some don't, so you might blow something up. Sounds great. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's certain limitations. Probably officially you should only use the included AC adapter. (laughs) <laughs> your mileage may vary um i think this is super cute wh- wh- when are you gonna when are you gonna announce something like when do we have a date um so um e-boys you know about halfway through their art we can see a little bit of their art here real quick oh cool um and uh you know once they finish up i'm gonna come i'm maybe working Game with somebody frame. i like that that's cool thanks um i'm working with somebody to maybe shoot a nice video for it uh or i might do that myself is this e-boy original yeah yeah so th- all this is totally original e-boy art that's great. Um, and uh, so, yeah, hoping to kickstart maybe in December, maybe in January. I got to say, as much as it looks good on the what, what people are seeing at home, it looks better in the flesh. It's really the hard. The lights it's, are really vibrant. It's hard to photograph. Yeah, like getting the white balance right on on this kind of is stuff. So, our like just I'm gonna 
I can't see it because I'm on the wrong side. But yeah, it's it's cyan and magenta here, not mm-hmm. not Flip the kind of washed one? out blue. And there it goes. Oh, there it goes. Oh, cats! Well, little uh, little or kitties. The internet foxes. is full of kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so well, anything else? Uh, like, is this what's what's what are you going to do with the plans and stuff for this? Are you just going to Kickstarter it and then that's probably it? Or uh, I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to spend my life making these. I'll probably do the Kickstarter and call it quits. But I okay. will. I'm going to open source the software. So if anybody wants to add more to it, there'll be expansion pins on the back. If you want to connect a controller and make a game out of it, there is an embedded game on it already that you can just play. Um, so there's, you know, the possibilities are open to it. I'm I'm willing just to do the Kickstarter. If I can get a hundred people to buy it, I can make it. Yeah. And um, so then it'll just sort of be out there. How do you cool. actually manufacture them? Uh, the frame is laser cut, and I'll I have to assemble that and uh, glue it together. In this case, it's it's finished as well. And uh, the Arduino, the uh, the circuit board, I will have assembled. Can, elsewhere. I, can I flip around and show yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the circuit board I'll have assembled, so it'll just come with all the chips already on it, and then I just have to program it and oh, assemble. It's a little it. dark, but yeah. So it's a custom Arduino board, but I mean, you, and in in the process, you'd learned a little bit about that when you did your pinball lighting project before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it seemed like you you got the real knack of that, and then you also have a custom. Is the LED grid custom too? The LED grid is is um it it is not custom. No, but, okay. but the but the mesh that the light travels through is. And that, oh, okay. that's the magic sauce of this thing. That's what keeps the light isolated to each pixel. And that's why the pixels look so distinct and clear. That, yeah. that's, I mean, everybody, that was a problem you were trying to solve for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, oh, that, that is total e-boy classic there. That looks great, Jeremy. We, we're really excited about it. Based on the reactions in the chat, I don't think you'd have any trouble selling 100 of these. Well, well yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's not cheap. Uh, my costs, and I don't, I don't mind being open about this because I'm not trying to make a million dollars. My costs are about $170. Okay. So it's, it's per unit. Yeah. Well, okay. they all just left. They're, all the pinball <laughs> people are gone. So hopefully, you know, people will be willing to spend that plus a little bit of you know coffee money for me and sell a hundred of them. There we go. You have to you have, have to, a pin. I already to, got one. I already gave him one. Have another one. <laughs> Thanks. Man. One, one for the kid. Yeah. Pass it over. Okay. Um, how long have you been working on this? All told, do you think? Oh, I don't know. A few months. I mean, you know, you got to. There's different elements to it. I'm still tweaking the software. Eboy's finding bugs for me. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, people are asking where they can find. Uh, is there a mailing list or something so that they can? So, do you have anything set up like that? How about tested.com as, as a place to debut it? Yeah, man, absolutely. We, we'll, we'll make sure we'll do, we post we'll do about a video. it. Yeah. Uh, you follow me on uh, Google Plus. Jeremy's on Google on Plus. There's a link to me in your in the description. Tested.com/slash/octobercast. Um, well, thank you very much, Mr. Williams. Uh, it's always a pleasure, sir. Thanks. I, what else know, is going on? Anything else you want to? Do we have all the high points on 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 the? The oh, you know what I wanted to do? Game frame. I wanted to give you guys one to auction off for this show. Oh, well, we're not doing auctions this year. Well, I don't know. How we'll you, do how a you, raffle. We're doing raffles at the end. Yeah. So we'll, that's all fantastic. So Thank it, you so much. It, it'll be one of the first ones to go. So if the Kickstarter gets funded, you'll get the first one. Okay. If, if not, I'll send you one of, the, one of these dev kits. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so there you go. Adding to the raffle loot, we have Bill Doran's Space Gun. We have a makeup, makeup kit. Kits. We have... Um, skateboard skateboard we have whatever whatever of the tested magnets are left that norm and i and gary don't claim we have we have a skateboard yep who gave us a skateboard this guy's making it right now andreas expert in wow i didn't even uh, know that um uh scott scott johnson uh has donated some amazing art uh i'll i'll have details i've meant to send that to joey before we started so i don't know if we can get it up but we'll put it up on the site after the after the stream uh and we'll just have a post with all the stuff that donors will be eligible to be raffled off for them um 
I guess I guess that'll do it, Jeremy. Thank I, you. So I like much. this uh, this lighting scheme. Like test it it's out the dock. We'll, like, we should stick with it. If we start with this now, it's only five five o'clock. We'll yeah, be we'll, asleep we, at we seven thirty. We'll fall asleep. Yeah, yeah we got to get the lights back on. It's vitally important that the lights come back up. It needs to be four lights. You want to hold on to that for any reason for the raffle thing? Oh no no okay, yeah I, I, I um you, you have pictures yeah yeah, yeah send us send us pictures thank good you good thank luck, you guys. so much Jeremy you yeah. guys are doing great keep it up thanks man have a good night and ladies and gentlemen Jeremy Williams inventor of the I think we should set a very high goal for that uh, yeah. the the pixel yes. box going on offer like, oh that's, that's a good idea yeah if we don't hit fifty gram pixel box the offer's gone it's going back home that's yeah. the way it works yeah so guys get I, to I, it I quite agree yeah um maybe we give that to the high donor. Yeah, I don't do that. Very, well, then then first then gets then first dibs. Then it does become a. An yeah, there we go. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure something out. All right. Um, thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we have Lloyd Case. But first, let's talk a little bit about why we're here. It is Octobercast, our 24 hour charity podcast marathon, where we talk about nonsense and games and things and kids. Um, the lights are coming back up. It's I, everyone go home. So ready for a nap. Nope, no one can go no, home. No, that's not it. That's not it. No one can go home. Come on. It's only. This is uh, five hours, man. This is not, not even five. We're hours, not even yeah. there yet. So yours just started. Four hours and twenty <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, we're doing we're doing a podcast for the kids. Um, let's take a minute and check in, see where we're at. I think we did this a little while ago. While Lloyd gets uh, headphones and stuff, are you are you? Uh, oh, I'm ready. Okay. Um, do you want me to do a total? Yeah, do a total. Would you, Gary? Uh, but right now we're doing this for Child's Play, Doctors Without Borders. And the Electronic Frontier Foundation, all three are great charities. They all cover kind of different necessities in different parts of the charity spectrum. Uh, if you want to know how you can donate, you can go to tested.com slash Octobercast. That's uh, with a K, one C and one K. It's the C and then the K. Uh, or you can just go to uh, tested.com slash kids, tested.com slash doctors, or tested.com slash electrons to donate to the charities that line up with those three words. Lloyd Case, frequent. Hi. This is only a test guest yes pc builder that too uh computer aficionado yep sometimes photographer occasional photographer and board game right and i brought something that you can give away oh awesome (gasps) whoa this is this says this says expansion on it but it's a playable expansion for two players oh so it's the full thing oh that's fantastic and this thematically ties into uh something coming up in an hour what perfect oh Uh, the horror oh okay yeah that's Awesome. The, by the way, what that yes. actually is, is it's, a, it's an expansion, although it's playable in itself with two players. So this is Smash Up. Smash Up, which answers, you know, it's a card game, uh, up to four players, it answers the burning question, if pirates and robots fought ninjas and dinosaurs, who would win? It's the question I've been, it's, <laughs> I've been dying to know for so long. And uh, this, this th- seems th- to be the... And this the throws in sp- Elder Whoa. God's method. Oh, well, that's awesome. gone. Good start. Well... It, it was front-heavy. Norm, be careful of wires over there. It's dangerous territory. Um, is this from the same publisher who makes uh, um, King of Tokyo? And No, actually not. No. This is AEG, who uh, N- Norma may know as the, uh, I believe, the Hot, publisher of, heavy. of um, what's it called? Um, the small game, the small 16 worlds. cards. No, 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 no. Um, Love Letter. Love Letter. Oh. Love Letter. Yeah. My favorite. There was an okay. ad for this in my King of Tokyo box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lloyd, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put it in the loot pile. Okay. In the, in the loot takeaway. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. Be, but you guys are getting... You're, I know you're working on a secret project that you're not talking about yet, really. Right, right. Um, so we won't talk about why you're busy, but... Uh, but no, you, we're, we're, we're debugging. Okay. We're debugging. I can say that. We're debugging. Okay. You're debugging. Endlessly. 
Good to know. Um, how's have you been playing any games lately? Uh, not a whole lot lately, uh, just because not since the last time I talked to you. Anyway, I did get in, however, the Firefly board game. Really, it arrived on my doorstep. Is it um, what kind of board game is it? Is it is it in the vein of the Battlestar Galactic no, board game? In those no, 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 no. It's in the vein of Merchant of Venus. It's sort of a pick up and deliver game, which sounds very dry. Except they really layer the theme onto this game. You know, you have places you can go, characters you talk to from you know the, mm-hmm. the TV series who are. Does kind it of nice to evil that you have to do business with, you know. I mean, uh, you can choose missions which are legal and you make some money, or you can choose missions which are not legal, but you have to pl- you have to do what's called misbehaving, which can re- result in bad things. Are you me. playing Mal and the characters from the show, or are you just like another guy? What, in the no, universe? what happens is what happens is uh, so there's there's uh, I think uh, up to five, four or five. I can't remember the number of players now. Anyway, four Firefly class ships, one of which is Serenity. Mm. And then you have others that have, were named briefly during the series. Like things that came up as right, right. sides. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what era is it? It's right in the middle of the series. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. How the much? TV, how much of an era series. is there? There's yeah. only 13 no, you episodes. Could play the, fourteen. You could oh, 14, play sorry. before the show. So, like, so, no. is, there, so is there it, instantly it, it, some it, kind of scrum? It takes over place who gets before to, the movie. What's that? Is there some kind of instant scrum at the start of the game over who gets to play something like that? Yes, you have to determine who's the, who gets first choice. But the characters themselves, and and you pick the captain. Of course, Mal was one of the choices for captain, right? But the other characters you find along the way. So uh, you know they can be on other ships, not just you know the the. Serenity. So, hold on. So you don't necessarily. I, I don't. So, the, so, like the, so you don't play the character. The characters are just your pawns. Right. Exactly. Okay. That right. makes sense. This You're moving the ship around. This wouldn't be a board game if you understood it right away. Yeah. Like <laughs> even 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 the right. basic explanation and, takes and, a while. And there's there's some cool miniatures of the fireflies, which you know are paintable if you want to do that kind of thing. Ooh. And there's a miniature of the Alliance cruiser, which is an inc- it's a really insane looking thing with all these skyscraper towers on it I don't know if I'm ever seeing it from the show that's the one that they had to turn everything off and get real quiet when it went by, like right, a submarine right, movie yeah, yep. okay. and then, then there's the, 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 the reaver cutter also and so you ha- part of the game we're spending time not encountering those guys if you can avoid does it. it does it do a good job of capturing the, the voice of the TV show yeah thematically it's pretty good uh, I, think, I think actually as a game if you took away all the theme it's not a really exciting game but the pla- but playing with the characters and stuff just adds layers. A, 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 it's like icing on a cake, on a, on a not a very good cake, right? Great icing on an okay cake, and uh, with the right set of players, particularly if they know the universe, it's a blast. I played this at a con, and it's just great. Very All right, cool. that sounds good to me. I like anything in the Firefly universe. Yeah. Have um, you played a game called Ladies and Gentlemen? No, but I've heard of it. We should talk about this. We want to. We want to play it. It sounds. Oh, like you a played lot it? Of fun. I didn't know you played it, Norm. Yeah, we had. Um, our I want to play. Drake. I want to play. Actually, this it was over. a subject of Penny Arcade today, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I think that's why it's starting to get some attention now. But uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. So the setup for the game is that you play in pairs. Yes. Uh, each team is right. a, a, a couple, a lady and a gentleman. Which, when in my board game night, there was only one. Actual lady, and is it set like during like the Victorian <laughs> age or something? Okay, they're lords and ladies, right? And uh, they, the team members. That's how they get away from the rampant other. sexism. You it's know, okay. because that, it's, that was you know, for the, it's time. the 19th century. It's okay, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, there is like a on on the board, the men are on the side of uh, the stock market, and right. the women on the side of the shopping, right? Of course, area. And in each round, uh, through the phases, uh, the in the first phase, the the side with all the lords half of the p- teams they, they all bid on items in the stock market there's like a whole um, okay uh, it's, it's like that game pit almost okay um, that, that card game um, and 
at the end of the day, you have a certain amount of resources and money. Right. And uh, at the same time, the ladies, t- that's the side, uh, gets to window shop and pick out items from shopping that they want to buy. And the second phase of the game, the lords have to m- match up how much money they have with the ladies and what they can buy, what they want to buy. And they buy the right determine things for status, right? This yeah. is yeah. super sexist. Yeah. It absolutely, it is. It is. but it's Victorian times, so it's actually a commentary on uh, <laughs> on, on commercialism <laughs> in the modern <laughs> age. What? It all, all leads up to a ball, a, a gala. It's a commentary on sexist attitudes. The answer to to being called a sexist is to tell everybody it's satire. Oh, right, it's satire, <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> Okay, um, so so what what do you actually like? So the guys go out and work. How do the how do you earn money? Bidding. There's like there's it's like working the stock market, trading resources. Okay, but I think it would be fun to play this game where like the women play as the men and the men play as the women. But as you said, on a board game night, it might be difficult to get that kind of gender breakdown that you would yeah. want. Yeah, actually, that, in the board game meetups I have, it's pretty evenly split. Norm said it that when work. he played, they only had one go. Well, yeah. but he's in Bachelorville. In fact, that's sort of why I'm not sticking around to watch like 6 o'clock, because I had to rush home my, my board game it's, meetups tonight. Board game night, yeah. right? Do, do you, is, it, is it spouses and families coming? Or? No, no. It's, it's a mixture of ages. I would say all of them are just gamers, and okay. some of them come with uh, significant others who are also gamers, and some of them don't. I've been on I've been on your mailing list for this for a shockingly long period of time for somebody who's never made it down to Sunnyvale for a game. So well, it um, is Sunnyvale. It is. Yeah, it's a long it's a, Pacifica. We're in the fog. You guys have sun down there. It's nice. It's like a whole different uh, climate zone. Um, what are you playing tonight? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. It depends on when I get back. Uh, I know that one group already talked to me. They want to get a game of Eclipse going, which oh. means they're going to start at seven and go to midnight probably. That'll be their whole night. That'll be their whole night. So yeah. you get multiple games going. Oh yeah, tables? there's typically I get between twelve and twenty people. Okay. So there's yeah multiple tables. I, ha- I typically have four tables set up and I have room for a fifth one if I need to. Oh wow. Yeah. I got a question for you, Lloyd. Um, in terms of board games or card games, what game is conducive that you could think of that might be conducive for viewers to watch? For I know, like for, for example, when Cards Against Humanity first started, oh. we had huge success well, streaming problem, that live, right? Um, so what game? It would both need to be have rules that are relatively easy to understand, right. but also have some type of you know maybe the viewer knows something that the other players don't. Right. But what, what would make a good and game you, ha- to you have a limited amount of space here too, yeah. right? So I mean, for example, I think visually it might be kind of entertaining to either do the X-wing miniatures game or the Star what's it called? Uh, Star Trek uh, Attack Wing game. Right? You talk about the last time when you're on the podcast, right? Right, because you got you can zoom in all these cool little miniatures of the of the different ships. And this stuff. is the one that actually has two right. scale miniatures, right? And and it's playable in like you know twenty minutes, to half an hour, right? Okay. So uh, that's that's a possibility just because it's visually kind of cool. But you'd have to have a group that was playing that was kind of into it. Um, the, and, and strategy games aren't necessarily for like that kind of turn based strategy isn't necessarily for everyone, right? A, a real time game might be a hoot actually. Something like. Um, what am I th- what's the one about the starship? Um, there's a couple of them, actually. One is Space Cadets, but that takes a long time to play. But there's one that's like a 10-minute phase. You know, you, you plan out your phase, and then you play it out in 10 minutes. Um, damn, I, I, I even own the game, and I can't remember uh, the name of it. Oh, Space no Alert. Right, I've never even I've never heard. Of oh, that Space one. Alert is an awesome game because it's sitting here, and you it's it's you program your moves ahead of time, right? So basically, you're playing this bunch of cadets on this starship, trying to get through the space battle. And so you plan your moves ahead of time because you kind of know what's coming. And then the soundtrack plays, 
and that executes your stuff. Oh, as your, and oh. okay. This is one that comes with the CD. It comes with the CD. Yeah. Oh, I, we tried setting that up, and I couldn't. We can't. Even, couldn't even get through the setup phase. Uh, it was so it's, convoluted. Yes, it, it's it's actually if you have one person who knows how to play it, it's it's a blast because. But you gotta you gotta play it a few times. The, there are a lot of like like the instructions thing is the perennial problem with board games. Like right. my wife and I are both bad about if we see something new that we think are in, is interesting, we'll mm-hmm. buy it. Right. And then when we get it, if we look at the instructions and it and it's like. So King of Tokyo is the exact opposite of this problem. We got that. I opened it. The instructions are all pretty much on like one page with a little bit on the back maybe. Right. And then there's some examples. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. I get that, that came out of the box from Amazon. We opened right. it. We played it that night. When we got Netrunner, probably we both <laughs> spent three weeks reading the directions in right. different times before finally we were like, okay, I, th- I think I understand enough about how this works to go. And right. some games you can kind of jump in and it starts to make sense, like your, your power grids yep. and your agricolas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But some you just, you really, the best way to learn it is to go to a meetup someplace and have somebody who knows right. how to play teach you. Yep. I have an idea for a, for a game Okay, that would be fun to watch. What would you yeah, like? For the people are, you being, are you being facetious or is this for reals? No. Okay. Why do you, why do you, why do you automatically <laughs> assume that? Well, because the last question, you know, the, okay, go ahead. Wait, 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 what was wrong with my last well, question? You were, you were, you were implying that, you know, the, sometimes it took longer to learn how to play the game than Sometimes to these games, Lloyd, it's not right. wrong to say these games can take a long time to set up and learn when you play Some of them the can time. be. That's absolutely correct. Some of them are very simple. So, I have this really cool strategy. Real quick. Uh, Eight Minute Empires is called. You can get a full sort of strategy game feel. It's got a little board and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, conquering the universe, world, developing your civilization in 30 minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, Two pretty players? Good. Up to f- four, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, uh, Gary, sorry. Inter- well, I was yeah. going to say, so I think part of, if, you, if you're creating a game, if you wanted to, I, I imagine this is a, a question they come up when they do that tabletop show, right? Because that's for people watching right. people play board games. And they have mm-hmm. entertaining, part of what we help is having entertaining people play the games. Right. Um, but also, you want to be able to follow the game and understand what's going on. So, like, I, part of the problem with these games is they take ages to play. What was that Game of Thrones game that you played where you were just like praying for Game death? of Thrones? Game of Thrones. They, like, they were just, like, someone won at the end just because everyone else was like, so bored, they all just checked out. That's not what happened and, exactly. And it was like a last man standing <laughs> kind of situation. Wasn't that what happened? No, no, no. I, I acted like I was out. so tired One that I was checked, checked out and out. then came from behind. Uh, Greg, Greg Viederman oh, played possum. Che- no. One Greg Viederman did check out and <laughs> slept on the couch, basically, <laughs> for the last three hours when of the six-hour game. When people are literally falling asleep, your game, game might you have a problem. You took six hours to play Game of Thrones? He was teaching five people how to play. <laughs> who haven't played before. It's like a three-hour game. Before. <laughs> and then Will uses, use the Twitter passive-aggressiveness to, like... Like, oh, this is the worst game ever. I'm going to go home soon. I'm, hey, it worked. Everybody, <laughs> everybody ignored me, and then I swept in the last man and master, got the victory. Master yeah. plan. But that is a problem that I've had with it. We've had board game uh, days at my house right. as well where people have brought over games, and they're mm-hmm. the, they, they bring over the game. They know how to play it. They're going to teach everyone. But like half of every turn is someone saying, wait, so this card, right. can I do this? And yep. it's like, it takes ages until everyone is up to speed. Once you've got a game that people enjoy and you all know how to play, Stick with that game because then it's just all gravy. It's all game well, time. But the, the, I don't want. There's all kinds of cool stuff coming out. I it's think. Like what, yeah, I think right. what happens though, once you get to someone like Lloyd's degree of expertise with these, that you know, you basically understand. Like all of these games conform to like a, just a common language, right? And the more of them you understand, the easier it is for you to understand the next one that comes along. There, there are commonalities for sure. Yeah, but. But, I mean, the big thing is knowing who the, who's coming to play. Like, right. there are some people... Like, if you come over, I'm never going to bust out Netrunner. We're not going to play that. We're not going to play Agricola. Because I know that you're not into that kind of... That, that amount of fiddly bits and that right. much stuff going Let's on. Let's have Gary play Kalis. 
I don't even know what that <laughs> oh, is. Okay, so that's right. probably too much for me. So listen, <laughs> See, I, listen I'm going to pitch you my, my game idea. Okay. All right. So two, I think two of the problems that these games have, both for the players and for any audience that might be watching, is that they take, they're too complicated. It's good, that, it's good when you come in and try to fix a, you know, you a know, category. And, and part of it is you have to figure out the rules, right? Have you, I followed this Kickstarter that uh, the guys that did the Shadowrun game. What's uh, um, the Shadowrun game? The Shadowrun Returns game. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The, they're, they're doing this one where they, they combine uh, a tablet or your phone with a board game mm-hmm. and all the rules. God, I wish I could remember. Now I'm drawing so it's like, you, it's like you have a board game that plays itself, but there's right. a physical and, device. And, and there's a physical device that's like a little stylus that you can actually use to tap on the, on the, on the touch device. I don't, I don't remember what it's called, but it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Sounds uh, interesting. Um, Gollum Arcana. Okay. So um, uh, one of Jordan Wiseman's creations, right? And so it's it's a, and it's a strategy game on with miniatures on tabletop, but the the your phone or your tablet keeps track of all the rules stuff. So you don't have to learn, you know, even though it's a fairly deep game, you don't have to learn every single nuance of the rules because the, the the tablet keeps you from doing stuff you can't do. Well, that's the thing. That's one of the things I've found that I really like is like when you play some like if there's something that's maybe too complex if you play it on an iP- on a tablet or PC or something it'll walk you through the the fiddly bits right. if it's good if it's a good port right and then you kind of pick that up so what's your game all Gary? right so here's my I mean it's, it's good you've been, you keep, you're refining while we're while yeah, we're it's talking good you keep interrupting because I keep getting to finesse the <laughs> okay. game design I'm bug testing it kind of beta beta testing it in my head right now okay so I think it's pretty pretty foolproof though because okay. it's because it's simple. Right. The more complex it gets, the more ways that the rules can kind of contradict themselves or be problematic. So this is very simple. Back to, back to basics. So uh, let's say you can have four players. But you, you can actually have – again, this is very scalable. You can have any number of players from okay. two up to, say, 20. I feel like you're winding me up here. But no, go I'm ahead. not. <laughs> you, can have, you can have as many players as you want because the game, the game is simple enough to support that. Okay. So I don't know what it's called yet. I don't have the world. Like, just just- – yeah. It might be set in like a mythological fantasy kingdom. It might be set in outer space. I don't know what the backstory is. We can come up with that subsequently. Okay. I'm just doing mechanics right now. Perfect. So I'm doing the cake and then the icing comes mm-hmm. later. So you use Lloyd's analogy. So, all right. So you've got, you got your game board, right? Okay. And there's no pieces. There's no squares or there's just one So flat. it's an empty canvas. Well, you could put like a nice border around it. Or okay. Something. Is it like, like a picture frame or like dirt? Well, it would go with whatever the theme is. It might okay, be dirt. Okay, 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 fair if enough. it was like a settlers type game or Dominion or whatever, it might be dirt. If it was space, okay. it would be space dust okay. or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> a Nova. A glitter. Yeah. yeah stars. Christ. Field of stars. I'm just asking the Lot questions that people stars. want to know the answers to. Let's, let's say it's, out, it's in outer space. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll do, Can we call if, it Space if, Ghost? If you want me to do the cake and the icing <laughs> at the same time? I'll fucking do it. Okay, no, no, so no, it's, no, out, it's in outer space and any number of players and your space. Fucking miners. I don't know. You're out mining space rocks. Okay. The are you subsistence miners or are you like wealthy South African well, industrials can, with monocles? You can fill out your character sheet any way you want. Do you own the mine or are you You're, just a guy toiling totally in the, with you. a loincloth? You can bring whatever role playing element to it okay. you want. You I, own the land and you lease you it to the mining be, company. Yeah. You can be Willemus the okay. third of, of the galactic sector and you're the overlord of fucking all the space mines, whatever you want. Or you can be, you know, the little yeah, firefly so, ship captain. Right. That's just so what are you doing? Of, well, yeah, I'm, what, I'm, I would get there if he would just yeah. let me. <laughs> I just, I just am asking the questions people want to know the answers to, Gary. All right. 
feel, feel free to keep. Did like, you have, are you consulting your notes? No, it's good. It's it's good that you are. You know, asking because this, this, you know, you take shots at the design, it would expose yeah. any vulnerabilities, but you haven't yet, see? No. I have an answer for everything. You haven't talked about the design well, yet. You won't let just me get that. I've all heard his nonsense. What kind of space character you well, are? Well, these you are important questions. You can be anything questions. you want. Your character sheet is a blank piece of paper that you can just write anything okay, on. Okay, perfect. And that's who you are. That's great. You can become anyone in this game. That's the beauty of it. That's There's the, no restriction. That's why we play games. It's not like, oh, well, you have, well, Okay, so you're all going to play uh, peasants. Well, I don't want to be a peasant. Well, you're a peasant. That's what the game is. Well, so, no. so what's the mechanic? This game lets you be anything you want. So what's the game? I'm getting there. So after you filled out your character... <laughs> Ever so slowly. After you filled out your character sheet, you set up your board, and it's just one big space. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And in fact, because it's set in outer space now, that is logical. It's thematically the appropriate. The mechanics right? and the cake and the icing go together. It makes sense. And you've got, basically, 100 tokens. Right? Okay. Which, in this case, they are space rocks. Okay. That you, that so you have asteroids. Asteroids. Okay. Space rocks, whatever. And so they're mineral-rich space rocks that are represented by these little... <laughs> and you could paint them if you wanted. You know, you can do whatever you want with them. Okay. <laughs> and you put... <laughs> you're so pleased with yourself. I can't imagine... Scenario, you're a Badger and right. Will Skinny Pete. I know. <laughs> it's not nearly as entertaining <laughs> yeah. as that. Though. I don't even understand what we're talking about anymore. So listen... So you've got your 100 space rocks. Each person. No. Total. Communally. The okay, 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 okay. Come in the box, this is what, this is what the box... And space, you scatter them out over the board, space, right? Space miners. That's okay. what it's called now, right? Space miners. Okay. This, I'm telling you, Avalon Hill, one is, they're going to buy this. Gary, or, we, we only have 19 or, hours or left. You've got to hurry this up, man. So listen. So space miners. We could do an unboxing. You unbox it, and inside is your space map. So you went out and got board. some gravel from your driveway, and you put it in a box... No. With a piece of cardboard. You've got your mind. You've got your your, your board, yeah. right? And that's lovingly. That rocks the game. What? Nothing. Never mind. So you put that. You put God, that don't down. Don't interrupt her anymore. Right. You've got your character sheets, which are just blank pieces of paper. Yeah. So even if you don't have them, you can just go get more blank sheets of paper. You don't need special sheets. That's perfect. That's another bonus. I'm not going to rip you off and like, oh, you got to buy out. You're not, you're not letting sheets. the board game. No, this is like Class Against Humanity. If you want to just print out your own stuff, yeah. you can. You, you, see? You're, you just creative commons the game. Absolutely. You're a uh, right. hero from so the little man. So you fill out your character sheet and you do your role playing, whatever you want to do. Dress up if you want. I don't fucking care. Do whatever you want. Okay. And then you've got the main, the heart of the game is the space rocks themselves because that's what everybody wants. Right. So are they real space rocks or are they just... No, they're just fucking pieces of plastic. That okay, you can okay. Paint. I they said everybody wanted How them. How would they be... See, now you're just being annoying. How could they be real space rocks? Well, there's asteroids fall to Earth all the time. Yes, but that they would cost... That one how, out would of, ma- how would you mass produce that? Maybe this is a game you for the pay, 1%. You maybe make one copy of it and sell it for $10 million. That sounds great. I bet somebody would buy that. All right. Oh so listen, God. so you've got your space rocks. Or you could do a Willy Wonka type thing where what, in, what, you get a golden ticket like there's actually a real space right. rock in there. That'd be a good promotion. Right. Yeah, I like that. Right. You took Buzz See, Aldrin's piece of moon Your dust. ideas are terrible, but they lead to me that's, to have good ideas. That's the spirit of Your terrible yeah. ideas do actually have yeah. value. All right, so listen. So you lay out your, your space map, your board, yeah. your game board. It looks like you're referring to your, your laptop for like your notes, but now you're just going to the chat. I'm just trying to make sure this isn't deeply unpopular. All right. I don't know what it is yet. It's a wonderful mix of insanity. So you and, lay, out yeah. your, lay out your game yes. board, fill out your character sheets, whoever you want to be, space like- emperor, space peasant, whatever. There's no limits. Because, again, the game, game design will support any role-playing you want to do. And then you get your space rocks, and there's 100 of them. So you want to count them out, make sure they're all there. Put them all in the center of the board, right? And here's the other problem. So these games take too long. So there's a thir- each game can only last 30 minutes, because you start a clock, and, our, and the player, when you start the game, 
you start the clock, and 30 minutes is over. That's you stop. Everyone has to stop, and you see who won. So, how do you earn space rocks, Gary? You, well, obviously. So, the object of the game is to be the person at the end with the most space rocks. Yeah, and that's it. So, you basically you just <laughs> described hungry, hungry hippos. There are no other. <laughs> there are no other rules than that. The hippos are just, hungry, just, hungry. Just end up with the most space rocks. I'm just going to turn you your can, microphone off now. You can use any <laughs> any means any means on. that you want. Yeah, trickery. Yeah. Uh, Do you start out with like five space rocks each, and you can barter no, them for no, other space no rocks? No one has any space. Are you, are you even listening? There's, no one has any space rocks at the start. There's a hundred space rocks that are up for grabs, and at the end of the thirty minutes, whoever has the most space rocks wins. And you can use trickery, subterfuge, cunning, intimidation. Or you can just grab them all and scoop them towards you. I mean, it's going to be violence. I mean, that's that's always going to be. So this is an arena game. This is not a board game. So is this so a metaphor for humanity? So like, like it will, it fish will, in a barrel? I think it's a social experiment as well because you see how people like they could like they could make allegiances. You, the space rock. you can make allegiances. You can make deals. But it's going to end up in violence. Gary, I think chat's turning again. Well, no, no. They just got to violence. So I think they're, they're back <laughs> to after, you again. And after the 30 minutes... So what part of that – here's my question. Then, What part of that don't you understand? It's a little mechanically soft, I'm going to say. I mean, <laughs> I, I like to see you – know, there's too much randomness in the mechanics of the game. I, you know, dice Open rolls. It seems like a, a, a physical <laughs> dice roll. Um, I do like that it has a hard no, cutoff no at 30 minutes. No, yeah. no, no, I'm just saying, who can punch the hardest seems like it, it, it introduces an element of randomness just, that may not be just, not necessary. Not just punch, bite, claw, That's true. kick, stab. Th- Whatever you want. There's I think you don't no understand the market for board games that <laughs> The rule sheet is two lines. I'm, I'm going to ask Lloyd a question well, now. This is like the, the joke about what's, what's, what are the rules to soccer? Yeah. You know? No, I don't know this you, joke. You heard this joke? No. If it moves, kick it. And if it doesn't move, kick it until it moves. That sounds right. Yeah. Sounds so good. this is as simple as that. <laughs> and I think you know, people that are put off by these complicated board games... Could, would, would really respond to So, it. Lloyd, at this point in your... And we could play a demo game of it and film it and put that on our We don't have 100 rocks right here. Well, we, yeah, we, okay. I think we should kickstart this game. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Absolutely. I, would, I, I guarantee you I, I, would make, I would make my Hungry, my hungry space miners. I could not agree with it more. <laughs> Are we going to build some sort of little mechanism that the, the, the rocks bounce around and you have to mash a button? It is a little bit like Hungry, Hungry Hippos, <laughs> but you don't need the expensive No hippos. Parts. In fact, again, you could just go out and make you could get 100 rocks or pieces. I bet I could probably put the oh. same together in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. We have cardboard even, and rocks. You don't even need to buy the okay. game. Although you, if you use, want you like, just count chocolate pieces. Yeah. yeah. No, you they'll go any, bad over time. No, because that, cause the thing is that <laughs> no, I meant for now. I meant for now. They could get they could get smashed. Although that might be even that's more a, so, that's a strategy. That could be even more social commentary. It's like because we couldn't agree, right. no it, everything is smashed. If you we can't destroyed have it. all our wonderful if things. I can't By the way, no one can smash. Um Thinking about games that you can play on, you know, on air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Artemis Starship Simulator. You guys still have to do that. Yeah, we have never uh, done I that. I just thought about that. And now that's an iPad. Up. You can just have an iPad. You're never oh, sitting on any screen. God. Oh, even better. Yep. This is Why are we not doing this that right now? This could be set up right now. We could if be we, starshipping. Yeah, we need one more thing to be plugged into the TriCaster <laughs> right now. It's like spaghetti back there. Lloyd, how many times in all the times you've been playing board games have you found that the board gaming uh, session ends in fisticuffs? I have. Never had that happen. It's in any of my board games. Because <laughs> I, I feel like Space Miner might end in fisticuffs. <laughs> yes, I don't think I'd want to play a board game where the end result is a high probability of getting punched in the face. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the rule would be that you avoid the face area. Yeah, you because know, we're all we could, all work. Well, you could have like you can have different. You know how they play like oh we're going to play according to this specific subset of rules. You could do one that says like no eye gouging. Yeah, you know, nothing to the face. 
Yeah, uh, American you know, rules. Yeah, certain. Yeah, you know, like gentlemen's rules. Yeah, it's like Omaha. Or you, or, or you could Texas play, like, or you could play, you know, Thunderdome. All, all bets are off. <laughs> Hold on, we hang from we hang from suspension things on top of a big and you dome, would, and, and you the rocks are below you could, us. You could sign legal waivers. Oh, that, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Sort of like on on uh, um, like on Thunderdome. No, no. Well, yeah, on, on oh, gladiators. Know, um, bungee cords. Yeah, right? you hang You're from bungee cords. Trying to grab stuff. You have to grab them, and then you, have to, you bounce off, push off the other person. You get yeah. these are all terrible ideas. <laughs> um, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. I'm yeah, going to start my Kickstarter. You, go, yeah, <laughs> make, record that video right there. Yeah, right. Um, have, have we uh, talked to you since the Steambox stuff was announced? Yes, I think I don't think we so. have. You're, yeah, you were on because you are on Talk About Radeon stuff. Right. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Have we talked to you since the Radeon 290X stuff was announced? Yes. Yes. No. Since the 290X? No. Not, 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 no. Not, since, not since the reviews of it, which Tech only news. yesterday, right? Yes, that was yeah. just yesterday. Um, it was a trick question. Pretty impressive, although I still don't want one because I think they're going to be too noisy until they have the custom coolers come out. So so right now, if you're in the market for a high-end video card, as I am. Now, the, the impressive part is uh, I don't know how they're making money on this part because it's really big and they're not going to charge a tremendous amount of money. It's basically the same size as a Titan mm-hmm. GPU, but they're going to charge $550 for it, which is that roughly half the price of a Titan, maybe 60%. So how, is it a big – it's a huge die like the Titan? Yeah. Lots of transistors, yeah. lots of shader units and right. stuff? Right. Is it primarily a commute, compute part that they're selling as a GPU or is it a GPU f- first, do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't understand the configurations entirely. I think it's 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 a little of both. Okay. Uh, you know, you realize, of course, NVIDIA has two different t- uses for Titan. They have the Titan chip, which yeah. is a compute chip mainly that they also sell as a, as a GPU with six gigs of RAM. And then they have the 780 GTX, and with GTX 780, excuse me, which is a Titan GPU, but a lot of stuff has been turned off, and it's got faster memory, and it's made for gaming. And, and then 780 Ti which they haven't said much about anything. They haven't said much about that at all. Is that going to be a high, faster 780? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, the, the, uh, everything says that the, uh, the 290X is faster than everything except a Titan, but it's also only 60% of the price. Yeah, that goes a long way. 550 bucks is like normal yeah. GPU price. But then right. you lose the ability to do stuff like streaming and Steam streaming and stuff like that, theoretically, or do they, if they even talk oh, about no. that. Valve has said their long-term goal is not to be GPU-specific. So I don't believe okay. that that's going to be a problem in the long term. Okay. Yeah. In the long term, in the long, but term. it may be a problem. There, in the short there, there are three hundred yeah. demo boxes that they're shipping around are going to be all Nvidia based. But okay. I think long, yeah. the longer term, they, they specifically said we're not going to be GPU specific. We want this to run on everything. Yeah, even Intel parts for low end, right? So. Okay, okay. Um, if you were buying right now, you'd get the Nvidia card because of the noise. I tend to prefer quiet yeah. systems, um, so I. But you know, the price is pretty attractive for what you get if you really want that. You know, if you're running a 1440p monitor and you want that performance and, you know, you have a fairly sealed case and you get wait for one of the custom cooler units, you know, two mm-hmm. fans or whatever come out, it might not be too bad. Or put a water cooler on it when, when yeah. there's available. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I also want to remind people that we had you on last for a PC build. Right. Oh, and yeah. we had uh, parts to give away. Uh, oh, yes. The GTX 780. And uh, I believe a, a case and case a power supply. Yeah. And yeah. a power supply. Today is the last day. That you can submit for that raffle. It was October twenty fifth, right? Also, that's today. Hey, that is today. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So we Still. have we have about uh, six hours before the end of the day. Right. PST. Uh, yeah. Now that you're here, uh, if you haven't watched that video yet. Now is probably not a great time to watch it, but you can still submit a comment and uh, give a thumbs up on YouTube. It's uh, the last PC build video we did. I think I've got that search. system still running and in, in, in doing gaming in my, mm-hmm. in my lap, and it's like that graphics card is just amazing. It's faster than a, uh, a standard clock titan in games. 
I, know, it's not a compute engine, obviously, but it is a really impressive card. I, I think I had, um, I, I, in that case that you used is great. I just built a new PC. I just moved my existing PC into a new case because mm-hmm. I wanted something quieter mm-hmm. and a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lovely, quiet case. So the, you got the 350D? I got the, I got the D, I think, yeah. Well, there's a 350D, which is the one I use for that. Oh, no, I got the R. Then, then there's the, th- the, th- the 550D, which okay. is their silent case. That's right? the one it's I the got. One. Yeah, that's an awesome case. That's so much, much my yeah, production system. It's, it's great. It has, I mean, there's a thick layer of foam right? on both that's doors. The yep. the top. And it's got that, that uh, double hinge door so you can open it either mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Or just take it off entirely, which right. is what I did. And it's still not any noisier when you take the door off. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and filters and stuff on the intakes. So, yeah, it's, uh, leave a comment. You can, how can people find that, Norm? So uh, if you search on Tested um, for PC Build um, or even our YouTube channel, just go through our go – to, go to youtube.com slash forward slash Tested.com, which is our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. It's pretty and good look for our last channel. PC Build video. It was about a, a month ago. Um, and just leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, and we're going to pick a, a winner uh, by the end of today. Where is Excellent. my uh, where's my video card currently in the... You have a 5870? I, I have a 7970. 7970. Oh, it's... Is that still, it's pretty, still pretty solid? Good. It's still pretty solid. Yeah, in terms Better of than what I'm running. Yeah, it's about as fast as a... Almost a little faster in some things, a little slower in some things than a 680 GTX, GTX 680. Do, do you find that the... Okay. Um, the the PC the pace of like the the rate at which you need to upgrade is slowing down. Yes, because if you think about it, if you already have a GTX 680, why would you get a 770? Because it's the same card. Well, I mean, I, I have a 580, and I had to, I, I'm thinking like it's it's a decision. Well, I might just wait another generation. You might, or you you, you uh, 580s to me is too hot and noisy. I'd get something just it on is that hot basis. and noisy. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else is going on? Bear in mind that uh, that even uh, I think a seven seventy, which is under four hundred dollars, is going to be faster. faster. Than, Did we talk yeah. about G Sync at all? That was a big story uh, in the past seven. Yeah, days, I'm not entirely it? convinced. What's G Sync? Uh, G Sync is Nvidia's new technology to uh, refresh at the panel rate. That is oh. to say, there's no refresh rate. There's no scanline stuff because, of course, LCDs really don't scanline. It's an artifact of CRTs. Right. Right. And but we're still locked into this because there's this artificial refresh rate thing. That's always been going on with LCD panels. And NVIDIA's idea is that we're just going to refresh the panel rate and whatever the LCDs themselves and kind of bypass all the scan line stuff entirely. Is this, is this a, a related to the Judder stuff that the guys – No, um, this is, this is, this is, no, this is different. Is, this is sort of to, to bypass VSync entirely. Okay. And, uh, you know, some monitor it, – it's going to require extra hardware in the displays. Uh, NVIDIA, I think, is talking about this adapter. You can hook up to a regular monitor. I don't know how that would work. Seems like um, it seems like if it requires hardware in the display, but I think then actually it's going to require new displays. Yeah, so I mean they got John Carmack to come up and talk for about an hour about how it was worthwhile. And generally, yeah, I'm see, I, I'm I, I'm just I'm pretty dumb and I understand maybe right. one word out of out of ten thirty come, yeah. come out of Carmack's mouth. Right. Sometimes it's, sometimes I like to read John Carmack's tweets because it's interesting to know what English sounds like <laughs> to a non-English speaker. Right. right. It's like what I don't even I, I get yeah. that is English on the face of it, but right. I don't understand a word you right. just said, but. I know I'm I'm smart enough to know that if he says something is good, it probably is good. Now the 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 thing about it is is that if this just technology isn't in every panel, it becomes kind of not very interesting to me because if it just goes into gaming displays, I don't care because gaming displays are almost always crap in terms of visual image quality, and I want a good IPS panel with good color rendition. But what, what what's a gaming? What do you consider See, a gaming display? A lot of these 120 hertz panels, for example, they can do 3D, right? Stereoscopic mm-hmm. 3D. They're gaming panels, but they're often TN panels. Uh, some of them are MVA or PVA that can refresh at that faster rate. But, but their image quality, they don't put a lot of effort into 
into the overall fidelity of the image that you see, which may be okay for games. When I'm doing digital photography editing, you know, I want to look at the colors like they're supposed to look at. Look. So that's why I have uh, the monitors I have, and I have no game. Uh, well, I have a couple of gaming monitors, but they're on systems that are used by other people for games. What? Um, like, what how, how's Nvidia's health right now as, as a company? Because Tiger Three was kind of, and they're still doing okay. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. I haven't looked at their financials. I don't know what percentage of their company is still dependent on discrete GPU sales and what how Tegra is actually doing. I mean, it seems like discrete GPU sales are a pretty big part of their business. The last time right. I looked, right? And I don't know how. Like, it's unclear how the. Um, just to be clear, I think whether you know, regardless of whether you're an AMD guy or an Nvidia guy, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's important to have two companies there pushing stuff right. along because otherwise the pace of innovation kind of slows down well, as we've seen in the last right. year and a half. Exactly. I, th- I would think that AMD financially is in worse shape than they are. Well, uh, except for they now they at least have two console or three console right, right. deals. That'll make them some money. Yeah. I think uh, NVIDIA, if, based on comments that Jensen Huang, the CEO, had made earlier, they were really hoping Surface RT would do well and of course it didn't. Right. So because it had Tegra 3 in it. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll have, of course they got their money, right? Because, right. And ne- Nexus 7, also the first right. Nexus 7. Right. Yep. Kind of kind of didn't do that well. Either. I mean, it, it sold a lot, but it wasn't it wasn't a great piece of hardware. Right. Right. And I have I've seen some Tegra 4 wins, but not a ton of them. Surface 2. Surface 2. Yeah. The shield right here. Yeah, and the shield. Um, should we take a moment and talk about uh, Octobercast? Yes. So Octobercast, if you're just joining us, Octobercast is our 24-hour podcast marathon at Tested.com. You can see it's on the sign behind me there. Uh, we're joined this hour by Lloyd Case. Uh, That's me. Regular, this is only a test guest, right. PC builder, board game enthusiast, other things, I guess. Right. Um, f- regular photographer. Um, Yes, I have to talk a little bit about that because I'm thinking about changing camera bodies. Oh boy, well, I would love to talk to you about that. Okay, well, we'll give it a, give it a sec. Uh, can we get a count on where we do this to raise money for charity? Uh, this year, we're raising money for three charities: Child's Play, which uh, donates toys to sick kids in children's hospitals around the world; Doctors Without Borders, which sends medical care to uh, in bad areas, impoverished, war torn. Um, uh, natural disaster zones, all sorts of bad places, and Electronic Frontier Foundation, the EFF, which uh, uh, fights for the users. Basically, they 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 aim to keep uh, the internet free and open for all of us, which is much increasingly important. Right, and more difficult by the day. It seems like too. It is. It is a, a never-ending battle against everyone from patent trolls to people who own copyright on to, you know Hollywood and movie studios and TV and all and that stuff. And the National Security Agency. And the U.S. government. All sorts of places. The EFF is super important. Um, so if you want to donate, you can go to tested.com slash Octobercast. It's right, uh, it's right there. Um, or if you want to donate to a specific charity, you can go to our crowd tilt pages, which are at tested.com slash kids, tested.com slash doctors, and tested.com slash electrons. Kids is child's play. Doctors is doctors without borders. Electrons is the EFF. Norm, where are we at with the with the total? Uh, I haven't donation? done the math yet, oh. but we I know we're past six thousand dollars. I'm waiting for someone in chat. Six thousand three hundred and ten dollars and seventy six cents. Thank you, six thousand uh, Stephen uh, Westervelt for doing the math for me. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, also, well, we started this because it was going to be endurance. We didn't. We I think we were doing our podcast. This is only a test, which we've been doing since two thousand ten. And the podcasts, I don't remember how long the first like, ones were. The first ones were like 30 minutes. And then 30 we, then minutes. we bombed it out and got to giant bomb lines. And then, and then we went for two hours and then two and a half hours. Sometimes and four. Then, <laughs> and then and Gary, Gary one day, I think, 
pitch idea. What, what if, can we podcast for 24 hours? We didn't know if it was possible. Well, it turns out people have podcast for much longer for tw- than 24 hours. Oh, yeah. In terms of like tantric podcasting, but 24 hours, I think, is a, is a good amount of time. Is that a real term? No, Norman's made it up. <laughs> okay. And, I think uh, we could do 48. I'm willing to push through this year. Right now, just go straight through. I don't, that's not possible. It's not you a good idea. idea. No, My wife would year. be really, really pissed. It, the idea of twice a year was better than 48 hours. You, know, you think so? Straight. Okay. Yeah, 48 hours, someone would die. April, October cast. That's not Norm just confirmed it. Nope. Um, <laughs> and uh, we got, this is our third year doing it. So Three the years. First, the first year was brutal. Because we had no idea what to expect, and everything everyone was very. The second year up. was brutal as well. I didn't think the first year was. <laughs> well, I think, I think we're, we don't know how the third year will turn out. I didn't think the first year was that bad. It was the the, at, fir- the first year the was last okay. three hours was no real no no. Tough. You guys, it's like running a marathon, right? Have yeah, it, it's like running a marathon. I, I wouldn't after know. a couple of weeks, you forget what it was like. You say, "Oh, I'm going to start playing my next one." Yeah. The day after, you think, "I'm never going to do that again." That's how I feel so. about going to Vegas. Yeah, that seems and, about and right. And so there's like super marathons, and so like other super endurance They're podcasts. Ultra-marathons. Yes, but those people are in a different different. Those so people like, are in different league entirely. We get through Wait. 24 hours of podcasting. We're like, oh, we can do other. The, f- the, fir- right the first now. one was a little bit easier because we were in the old giant bomb whiskey media offices where there was a constant stream of people. The second one, we were kind of like more out on our own. Yeah, this office and is brand new last yeah. year. We and just moved in in time. Starting at 6 we o'clock was a, was a bad idea. Yeah. It was just you, got, you and Norm had a terrible it's idea. Not, see, now, see how I made the point of not There's saying who was to blame? Conversation. I just said it was a bad idea. There was an extended conversation. Not about, Do you know who's wrong, Gary? You guys. It's not about... You know who's wrong? Who's wrong? Never will. That's exactly yeah. right. It's not about who was wrong. It's just that it was wrong. Yes. And so this year, I think, you know, starting at noon makes more sense. But I'm still fully prepared for the second half of this to be... It's like a marathon, misery. though. It's not the second half. It's the last four hours. The last four hours. Well, I, I, I didn't even make it to the end last time because my kid was sick. But, and it was almost a relief to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah we, we didn't want to say anything because your kid was actually sick. I had a good excuse. But we didn't want to pull the ripcord. My wife says, yes, Will always wants to be right. I just got a text. <laughs> um, Gina. So congratulations, Norm. Um, but it, it's it's fun in retrospect. Like maybe not actually during the podcast. What I like about it is that we get to come and see all of our friends. It's it's a nice time to catch up with people that won't see as see as often as we should and um and find out what what's going on with everybody. Yeah. So that's October. And introduce people who maybe yeah. don't watch us regularly to our our carousel of guests. I just got a text from my daughter Elizabeth, who's watching. By the way. Oh, excellent. I, I sent her an email this morning, but I, I apologize Good. for not being able to. Uh, I'll talk to her next week. Right. Things are a little crazy. I, well, right I mean, there's, there's no rush. I just wanted to set up the intros. It's yeah, just... yeah. Um, so photography. Oh, also yes. uh, battery check. I've been uh, running a uh, battery rundown on the Surface Two. Okay, it's a sixteen percent right now. Five and a half hours in. That's about what Anand figured out too. So, so it'll be about six so hours. Um, no, no, well, this is not the pro. This is just the two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, this is the RT version. This is the RT. Sh- it should be longer than that. Then. It should, but I'm also mm. doing like it's still Windows. a lot of tabs uh. and stuff open. Do you think this second generation of Surface is going to be more successful than the first one? I don't. Do you mean the <laughs> RT version? No. Well, either. But, I, mean, I guess you can put <laughs> I think the pro together. actually has been doing okay for what it is. Um, and it's probably going to do a little better this time around because it's got Haswell. But even with Haswell, I mean, I, I read the... Power article in Anantec. He was all over the uh, all over Twitter talking about the lack of power endurance of the Surface. What was Pro. weird in his review, and, and Wes did a story about this on the site, uh, just gathering all the power because we don't have a Pro mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm. Um, and all the reviews. They've all, even though it's Haswell, it's hovering right. around that six hour mark. Right. Anand's review, he compares it to tablets. 
right. and not Ultrabooks. And I was curious why they weren't. Well, I mean, the, the, the more fair comparison, I think, was I can't remember if it was him that did it or somebody else who compared it to an 11 inch MacBook. Right, Air. which is the record. Yeah. Uh, right, about the same battery, same size battery, mm-hmm. same. 42 kind of, watt hours. Right, right, right. And the, the MacBook. The Mac Air lasted twice as long. Yeah, twice as long. And that's without Mavericks, which theoretically right. pushes even further. Right. So I, I, I don't know. And, and, and Windows 8.1 is supposed to be the the Haswell enhanced version of Windows in terms of power management, and still not doing yeah. that well. They talked a lot about battery life at that Surface event. Mm-hmm. They, the, the engineers were there talking about low level stuff, right. stuff in the BIOS that they were tweaking. Right. And uh, and Windows 7 and 8 have had Windows 7 8 have had uh, you know battery optimizations for a long time. Right. Like in terms of the timer coalescing and, and that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's a little disappointing. Yeah. Are you changing from Nikon to I'm Canon? Not, I'm not. You're switching I'm not, sides? I haven't decided yet. No, no, no. It's not even that. It's oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm looking very longingly at the uh, OMD EM1. It's Olympus. Yeah, Olympus, yes. Wow. Yeah, Micro Four EM1. That's, is that the one that looks like That's a rangefinder? No, no, no. It's the one that looks like an SLR. In oh. fact, it's even, they had the EM5, which okay. was their first one that looked like it's first high end. This one's got all the right stuff. It's got both phase detect and contrast. Uh, autofocusing. They now have a f2.8. What is it? It's a. I have to do it to full frame equivalent because it's how I remembered. It was equivalent to 24 to 80 on a full frame uh, f2.8 lens, and uh, they got some great lenses, both them and Panasonic, since they're Micro Four Thirds. They're interchangeable. So it's Micro Four Thirds. Yeah. Yeah. So switching to a Micro Four Thirds. Thinking about. It. I haven't. I haven't decided yet. Switching. Why not get the um, the uh, the small the 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 super small Micro Four Thirds that uh, oh, the, Panasonic? The, the Panasonic. That, that's, that looks the pretty Lumix. cool too. That looks pretty cool too. That but, one, it's but I wanted tiny. something. What I wanted was something to actually do the stuff my D six hundred does, but that weighs a lot less, right? I don't want something that's necessarily pocketable. I also want that. That's something that's tied to that. But I want something that sort of would do similar things to the the. Uh, Are there good here. adapters? For all your existing lenses? There are adapters for Canon and Nikon, and yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that. I'm not sure I care about that. I'd probably sell all that stuff off if I did that. Wow. But, but haven't decided. Want to play with one for a while first? So that's, a, that's a big jump from switching from Windows to Mac, <laughs> or Mac to Windows. Right. That's yeah. a, it's a bigger jump, in a sense, than switching from Nikon to Canon, I think. How, do you have a lot of glass? I have a fair amount. Okay. Uh, but in my efforts to make things lighter, and because I don't shoot indoor sports anymore... I sort of unloaded my 7200 f2.8 and got a 7200 f4, which was about half the weight. Yeah, is that kind of is that kind of tech polarization that tribalism happening in the camera world? As well? Absolutely, you, you oh, yeah. camera forms, like, the camera you, world. You're a Nikon yes. whore. Dude, the camera world invented well, was doing it since since the SLRs of the 60s. They just I didn't have an internet yet. Yeah, angry. I want to go to angry camera right. people forums. That sounds awesome. You should. Right. That's going to go to a bunch of accounts and just troll the camera oh people. God. Oh yes, it's really great. So when the D eight hundred came out, yeah. the, the the first thirty six megapixel SLR, I was reading the Nikon forums, right? And it, actually, I was reading the Canon forums. It's really hilarious. All the Nikon users showed up and trolled all the. It was just it was just awesome. uh, amazing. It's that so polarizing, amazing. and it is a lot of like justifying, validating your own purchases. Yeah, because. Uh, it's mostly the same. The, the, right. the glass is pretty much equal, and, and slight differences here and there, right. and just staggered releases. It all really amounts to, it's kind of like Mac versus Windows in the sense of the one you grew up on is probably the one you're going to prefer, yeah. because you're just, the user interface is what you're used to, mm-hmm. and they're very different between Canon and Icon. So. It's so weird, I mean, it's true, whether it be cameras or video games or any kind of, te- whatever it may be, like, the difference between the products is like this, but right. the difference between the users is like that. Well, the main the, thing, that's the main thing that's sort of kind of making me hesitant, it's not the Micro Four Thirds stuff, because I don't shoot low-light fast sports anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's more like 
I got to learn all these controls all over again. And do I want to do that? Invest that time. Well, so. and with the glasses, I mean, with the with the cameras, it's so bad because like your investment in a body is relatively short. You might keep right. that for a couple of years, five years. Right. But the glass can last for a lifetime. Right. Yeah. And glass yeah. also lasts a lifetime means both, it doesn't depreciate. Right. Both, yeah. both Canon and Nikon bodies can still run film. You know, lenses are made for the film. Yeah. I, I have film lenses that I put on my NEX using an adapter that works with a Canon uh, Nikon to NEX today. Right. I mean, it also means that you can, if you want to switch, sell them that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be losing a lot of money. Right. You could sell them off and it's, someone would buy them up immediately. Right. If, well, if you bought smart glass, if you bought good glass in the first place. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so when are you making the decision? I don't know yet. I'm just sort of just starting to chew on it. So I've been reading all the specs and all that kind of stuff. Or thing. Lloyd, you can go medium format. <laughs> go bigger? No, no. I'm go trying bigger. to lighten my load oh. here. No, I'm trying oh. to lighten the load and still get I, I would performance. Go, I would go up. <laughs> Why not just get like one of the big, like the super, the super uh, point and shoots, like that that Sony? What is it? The R one RX one hundred? Is that not, RX one hundred is a point and shoot, yes, but you can't change lenses. But yeah. you, know, you you still want the ability to change lenses, right? I mean, okay. for example, what if I wanted to put a hundred to three hundred zoom on it, which is available for micro four thirds, right? Right. That's a two hundred to six hundred equivalent for full frame SLR. They don't have that. You know, there are there are. There raised. are point-and-shoot cameras that have those kind of lenses built into them, yeah. but they sacrifice a lot in terms of image quality. Okay. So. Okay. Um, Norm, how are you? How are we doing over there? Uh, I'm I'm good. No, no, I'm, I wanted to know about the money. Oh, oh, about the, the money. The money. <laughs> the money. By the way, I would just like to point am out. I, am the, I'm the Skylar White of this. I just like to point out that the, re- the reaction to uh, space, space rocks, rocks. Uh-huh. in the forums and in the chat is much more positive than, <laughs> than anything you had to offer. Well, so I haven't I invented think, any. I think, we'll, I think we'll just let the wow. market decide. I don't know what this picture is. It's a great name too, Space Rocks, because it's a true statement. I thought it was Space Miner was what you're going to call it. Space, space rocks. rocks. I think it's. Space I think rocks. we're calling it Space Rocks now. Okay. Well, there well, we maybe go. space miners. I mean, you know, we're still these th- these things can be changed. I, I, space miner sounds like a CD. I haven't even built the prototype yet. <laughs> okay, so let's. I got to find a hundred <laughs> things that look like I can, rocks. I, you know, find somebody who has a gravel driveway. You can have the prototype immediately. <laughs> go out like, behind the grocery store, get a piece of cardboard. You're like done. When DC Comics sold kids Kryptonite, uh, which really? is the best and worst idea of the uh, the Silver Age. What actually was it? So it was a just rock? rocks painted green, glow in the dark green. But the idea was that in the comic book, you, it would be the, the mail order, Superman is entrusting you, the reader, <laughs> with the only thing that could kill him. Right. So you're supposed to hide it from his enemy. Really? For a small handling. And it was free with a small handling fee of so you know, five 20, bucks. So what is this that you handed me? That is our original logo. That's the original oh. tested logo, testicles. It's been bronzed. <laughs> um, he's etched out of copper. It looks faintly Cthulian. <laughs> well, he's he's a little. I mean, he's happy though. He's got googly eyes. Oh, okay. So um, uh, one of our uh, users uh, made those and sent them in to us to give to Octobercast guests. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So let's let's play a board game game because I Gary. Has expressed interest in board games in the past. Space I'll, Rocks? No, not Space Rocks right now, but maybe later. <laughs> existing games. We're going to talk about existing games. Right. Um, and I tried a couple of things with mixed results. Like, I think we had fun playing Dominion. We did. Okay, I feel like I that went pretty Dominion, well. Dominion well, what was is that game? still my favorite game. Ticket to Ride was a debacle. That was m- really misery. There was a game Gosh, we all that's, hated. That's, that's, considered, that's considered the go-to gateway game. We played with five oh. people, which may have been too oh. many. I hated it. Because it was real it. slow. Yes, right. That, that's. I, th- I think Did maybe we do that age- on a TNT one yo, time? Yeah. It was miserable. It was the worst TNT ever, I yeah, know. it was horrible. I know. Everybody always said, teach people to play German board games with Ticket to Ride, because it's real easy to understand. It did not go well. Yeah. Um, 
I was thinking maybe Age of Wonders might be a good thing to go because it's kind of fast and there's not a, there's a little bit of interaction. No, no, Age of uh, Seven Wonders. Seven, Seven Wonders. Wonders. Sorry, not Age and of Wonders. Age of Wonders is a PC game. Yeah, yeah that's important. The, that's a the uh, computer game. The the problem with I've discovered from trying to teach Seven Wonders to people who are not board gamers, right, mm-hmm. is that it's kind of alien to them because the whole idea of the drafting and the fact that you actually have a uh, bunch of complex mechanics, which any of which can score the points for you. Kind of is kind of hard to wrap your head around if you haven't done that kind of a game. Mm, really. I hadn't just, thought about that. So I, I would say Seven Wonders is probably the second game you teach them. Not the well, he's already one. played Dominion. Well, then it might be okay. Yeah, you like Dominion, right? I yeah. I mean, I, I, since, I he's, like since he's played Dominion, he understands card interaction, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think how that, card? That'd works. be a good second game. Um, Worth six thousand six hundred and seventeen dollars. Yeah. Thank you, Norman Chan. That's fantastic. This is a, this is a good second game. Smash up. Yeah. So it, um, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but can you run through the so basic, the way it works? How does it turn so work? you have you have these sets of cards that represent different factions, and they're they're fun, geeky factions like pirates and ninjas and robots, okay, and, and Cthulhu mythos characters and dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff, aliens. And then what you do is is you get two factions and you shuffle them together, right? And that's your deck. There's no deck building. You just get this deck, okay. Um, and the factions can be chosen or drawn at random or however you want to do that. And then you have these places that are cards that you go to that are location represent locations. And they have strength points, and any and as you play your cards, any group of any group of cards can can defeat that area. So you can be working with one of your play- competitors to defeat this area, and they give a set number of points based on you know the first guy gets so many points, the guy with the most points. I mean, contributing the most. And does it happen each turn? Yeah, you know, well, the, you're playing cards each turn, but these 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 uh, locations get defeated periodically, and it may be. Every uh, three or four turns it happens or whatever. Okay. Is that, a garden, a, is that a garden gnome on the box there? Uh, uh, yes. Yes, it is. So can I play a garden gnome? You could. Garden gnome is a character in one of the factions. I forget which one. I, I think that the key to getting Gary interested is more the, the role-playing aspect mm-hmm. and the potential. Yeah. Well, then you let Gary choose the factions, right? They're all kind of semi-balanced so that they play together well. It's kind of a hoot. So it doesn't matter? Yeah. Um, I, I felt like, uh, what's the love letter? I felt like that might be a good love game for Gary. Wonderful. Yes, Love Letter is actually a good first game to teach people because yeah. they yeah. get that pretty fast. I want to play Ladies and Gentlemen. Ladies and Gentlemen seems like it would be pretty good. Have you ever played Great Down, The Great Down Moody? Uh, my daughter has that game, but I have never actually played it. So um, my, our, our, a friend of the site, Dan Amrick, and his wife, Kat Auk, have uh, introduced it's us to Dalmati. It's a mathematical game, if I remember the rules not, not, Not really. Okay. Um, it's about bidding and hats, okay. basically. It's a good party game slash kind oh, of Oh, maybe I think it's something different, because I think it's a Richard Garfield game. You know, no, no, it's not, it's not that. This okay. is an older game that was out of print for a while and then, okay. then has been reissued a few years ago. And then there's also things like Saboteur, right? Saboteur is great, or, or Resistance, or right. Where Wolf, Wolf, or everyone Avalon. That's, yeah. a good, that's, that's always a good game because uh, most people I've found sometime in their lifetime, usually in high school, have played a game called Mafia. Yes. Right? And that's all Werewolf really is. And then so you introduce them to Werewolf. And, and now they have these complicated versions of Werewolf roles and hidden stuff. And Max Temkin just did a yeah. Werewolf Kickstarter yeah. a few months ago yeah. that's shipping now, I think. Right. So there's yeah, and then of course resistance is a kind of a spin on the werewolf concept too. So resistance is great. Um, I I take resistance to bars sometimes if I'm at conferences and stuff with people that I know but not very well. And right. It's a good thing to do while you drink a beer and right. chat. Yeah. Um, well, Lloyd, I thank you so much for coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to plug right now or your secret? Still Actually, I want to talk to Norm sometime about the next system build because I've been thinking about doing an AMD build. We Ooh. haven't done that ever, wow. I don't think. So yeah. kind of fun I, to do. I want to build a, totally do it. I want to build a really Keep small... Keep it low cost, too. Yeah. I want to build a small, quiet box that's a Steam streaming box. Not to play games natively on, but just to be the, the catch the, and... They the can micro the, console. The micro can you console. do that for under 100 bucks if that's what they're going to sell for? 
Uh, can we? No. But will they be available for 100 bucks in the indeterminate yeah, future? The, the 100 bucks is the target. That's for the, the target, the, but that's probably going to be, a, uh, I would guess that that's going to be more of an a, um, arm-based yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and it'll probably be a year from now at least, right? Uh, and I, and I'll, believe, all, I'll believe that that stuff is stable. You and, figure the PC-based ones would be something like an AMD-based sort of equivalent of the Intel NUC, yeah. right? That'll be... That'll be. I mean, that's. I, I want something that's relatively small that I can put in, a, in an entertainment center or something like that, mm-hmm. and not and, and just used as a, as a stream endpoint, so I can get rid of the HDMI cable that I've going right. through my wall. Right. Um, well, thanks, Lloyd. Uh, we're going to take a couple of questions from the chat. So if you have questions, you can at them at me. We'll answer them. Uh, maybe Norm or Gary can look at the the crowd tilt pages and see what the comments are looking like. And I don't have a page. Uh, Those pages read any comments that we have I, there. I'll I'll read the uh, YouTube. You, when you put your phone on that spot. It's right on top of all of the cables coming from your side. I'll, or maybe, I'll put it on. Uh, I'll read the YouTube questions. Okay. So I'm watching YouTube right now. Lloyd, please stick around. You still have 15 yeah, minutes. Yep. We have questions coming in. I'm sure. Um. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and if people do not play board games or card games and want to get into them, Lloyd, you write a semi-regular column right. about that. Mm-hmm. And the next one coming up is about how easy board games to get into. Little games, I call Little it. Games. Yeah, right. well, so for like, like Spice Small, Ross. short games. <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes only, right? Like Spice Love Ross. Letter or 8-Minute Empires or things yeah. like that. I've never played 8-Minute Empires. I would do as a stretch goal, if we reach a certain amount, yes. or if someone donates over a certain amount, whatever, I will bring Space Rocks... A prototype that I make to your house and play it with you. <laughs> Are you gonna? What if they a live once in a if, lifetime? Experience. What if they live in Antarctica? <laughs> That's, well, okay, within you know, it has to be reasonable. A forty-minute drive from I don't, San Francisco. Really go to their house. I will not go to Will's their house. I will go to no, their no, house. No, we're not going to my house. I don't want anyone coming to my house. Right. Gary, I'll go to their house. Gary will drive 40 minutes, bring his prototype of Space Rocks, and yeah. you guys can play. Yeah. So just to be clear, you're volunteering to play a game where there are no rules, and all the person who gets the most rocks wins, so they could pummel you. <laughs> this is worse to than be you in Space Rocks. Or perhaps Schwarzenegger Prize. Why do you assume that I would lose? Perhaps I'll pummel them. I'm I'm pretty confident on this one. But what well, if it's like it, it, a it ten-year-old like kid that wins? It, it, then it's, it's all good. A, it's a bad idea either way. Will <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fair enough. One way it's a solid battery. One time it's legal indemnification. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, Tested.com does not support <laughs> the part of, the Space Rocks giveaway. I need to look into the legalese of it. But <laughs> Purely <laughs> freelance. Part of the part of what might need to come into the game. That I might need to include in the box. Yeah, perhaps on the on the other side of the character. You need sheet. a lawyer. Well, it's a legal waiver that that would absolve all players like, from any you know, do you know liability. About, do you know about a game called Cash and Guns? Uh, is it a real game? Or is Cash it and a, Guns. No, it's a real game, and okay. it comes with these foam guns, right? Uh-huh. And you're playing these gangsters. It's like what's that movie where the gangsters are fighting over the loot at the very end? Uh, there's Heat? probably several movies. No, no, no all gangster um, movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, so there's points in the game where you're fighting over the loot, and you're actually pointing the phys- physical foam gun at other people, and it creates an interesting dynamic. Even though it's a foam gun, yeah, it's like people get very tense about this. Does it yeah. look like a real gun? Does it have an orange no, tip? Yeah, no, it looks like a, it looks like a fake gun. It looks like a foam, yellow foam gun. Doesn't even anything anything real, as realistic as that. I don't so. like having even fake guns pointed yeah, at me. Right, I mean, right. when we go to prop rooms and Norm starts waving around crazy rubber guns, it's very discomforting. Right. So. Um, okay, so I have a question for Lloyd. Uh, that guy wants to know what's the best time of year to buy PC hardware. Is there one? Best time of year. Is there like year? a season for PC hardware? I know. I know. Every is, is it, well, I guess it's, it's a question related. I, I'm going to answer two different questions that are similar. One is okay. in terms of getting new stuff. And in terms of getting the most cost-effective stuff. Okay. 
new stuff, it's typically just before, in the holiday season, right? Just after the back-to-school season in August up to about December 1st because that's when the manufacturers target their new stuff. And they roll stuff out so it's out for holiday right, right. and so all if that. You need, if you're looking for new bleeding-edge stuff, that's probably the best time to okay. look for it, especially December for things like graphics cards and stuff like that. If you're looking for the best deals, you want to buy one generation back or one uh, stepping down from the high end. Okay. So that's... But that not, sounds good. And that's, that's any time of the year. That's not just a certain... Uh, Norm, any questions from the YouTubes? Uh, I'm still waiting for a, a great question. You're waiting for the good one. Yeah. Um, so we talked about your solar panels a few weeks ago on This Is Only a Test, mm-hmm. but Mr. Pickles wants to know how that's working out for you. He remembers you doing something a long time ago yes. on Tech TV. Right. Uh, I, the, the, I just realized this year, I think the article I wrote was it's five years I've had this uh, solar array running. It's still running at roughly 90% of what the installation uh, power was, so it's still doing pretty good. And you said um, you're not cleaning it off as religiously as you used to? No, no. In fact, it was really hilarious. I read this hilarious article. Not, not intentionally hilarious, but I, was, I kind of got a chuckle out of this article. This guy's, in, I think it was in the New York Times business section, was guys trying to invent this device to clean solar panels, right? A, a robot to do that. Well, I mean, that's not out of the question. No, Roomba has idea. a gutter cleaning robot and a Why pool not? cleaning robot. Why not? Yeah. yeah right. At any rate, uh, yeah, and I'm still getting, and when I do go up and clean the solar panels off in the summertime, I get 5% back. You know, I can, okay. I can it's measurable. But so, I don't. I mean, it's like, and what does that do to your electrical bill? You're, well, like a, my, you're in a sunny place, right? My electrical bill for all of last year was six hundred and sixty dollars. <sighs> do you wow. have electric heat? Six, no, I have a gas, gas heat. heat. Okay, but my gas bill monthly is like you know between five and fifteen dollars. Jesus, six hundred dollars. Wow, a whole year. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, someone in YouTube asked, and my, my dryer. My only thing gas is the uh, furnace and the water heater. My, my oh, your, your kitchen stuff is all electric? It's all electric because I have an induction stove. Yeah. And then I've got my dryer is also electric. Wow. So. That's crazy. Uh, someone asked what that white panel is on the top left of our photo wall. Yeah. The white shot. Uh, yeah. That is a closed-off window because behind this wall is a bar. San Francisco. And the, the, uh, it's a bar. The bar out there. We can occasionally hear music coming from the bar, from the patio. Yep. And there's, there's a window there, and there's actually a window behind this poster here this shiny poster and uh we've it's been blocked off by the p- people who own this building this poster is really cool it's from an artist named kevin tong i got it at comic-con i believe and it's actually um it's a view from the international space station from the mm. cupola is the, the is cupola. the aspect ratio on the earth right it, it is an artistic interpretation because <laughs> um, normally it feels I think it'd be a lot bigger yeah, yeah. i would I, it, yes i, I would it, it yeah. is uh, ISS is very close to Earth. Earth, you, you could not see. Like, it's grazing the, well, the atmosphere. One of my favorite, the, one of my images I have in my background, I have, I have these background images in one folder that cycle through my PC. And one of them is of this woman scientist on the ISS. You may have seen this. Her hair is kind of floating around. She's looking out the window, and you can see the Earth in the background. It's, and, and the Earth is much bigger than that. Yeah. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe maybe it's just a soundstage that they shoot it all on. Ah, uh, okay. Conspiracy theory. No, no, no. Did you guys see that video that uh, Karen Nyberg released last week? Uh, or earlier this week, um, it was latching on to the popularity of gravity. Mm-hmm. And in one of the interviews, Sandra Bullock was talking about how when she was trained by astronauts on how, to, how they behave on the ISS, right. one of the things that uh, caught her ear was the idea that uh, because you know, uh, every little bit of movement and force could mm-hmm. move, propel you, right. um, even the force of a hair mm-hmm. um, pushing against the, space, uh, the wall of the ISS right. could push you against the room. And Karen Nyberg demonstrated it, but it was a little disappointing because what she did was she plucked off her hair and she tightened it. So it was a taut piece of hair and pushed it against the bar. 
And well, but otherwise the strength of the hair is going yes, to collapse. I, I thought collapse. He, I thought it was going to be the tensile strength of the hair, like pushing against <laughs> like, the pinpoint. But it wasn't a, that. It was just like you know, hair. It was more demonstration of. But in, on Earth, that hair tensile, would just break, tensile right? strength. Yeah. Where, did, uh, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't feel any. T- yeah, yeah, I don't think you would feel much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Will is trying it with the microphone. No, no, really, I, could, I didn't get a hair. Yeah. I missed. Um, Let's see. Uh, Should Dice wants to know if Lloyd's played the Pathfinder adventure card game. Yes, I have. What do you um, think about it? I don't it? own it. A friend of mine owns it, and he's wanted to buy it, so we let him buy it, and we played it. We've been playing it pretty regularly. It's actually quite fun. It is very text-heavy. It's kind of like the multiplayer version almost of a choose-your-own-adventure game, except that there's a little more interactivity and a little more stuff going on on the table. It's cooperative. Um, you basically visit these locations that are decks of cards, with your character, and you have an ongoing. If you want to do that, you can have an ongoing character that you keep track of. You know, with records, you know, mm-hmm. there's a miniature role playing aspect to it. Is this right? something that they were talking about Penny, on Penny Arcade recently too? I think so. Or maybe maybe no. Uh, Giant Bomb was talking maybe, about it. I can't remember. Anyway, somebody it's, I follow on Twitter it's was talking about popular. Pathfinder. It's like it's like, uh, and you get sort of a mini role playing game experience out of it. But it's also a, kind of a fast cooperative card game. You play a session in like half hour, forty five minutes. But they have campaigns that last multiple sessions, so you can do that if you want. Oh, okay. Pretty neat. Um, more questions from YouTube, Norm? Uh, Norm? Um, not really. Uh, I'll go look at the, the charity pages because we wanted to ask some yeah, questions and from there. Also, call out, read out some comments. Um, Evor Edwards, who donated to Doctors Without Borders, says, Thanks very much for these 24 hours of entertainment, guys. Keep up the good work. Is that your interpretation? Of, I didn't. Uh, I didn't I'm voice. not doing accents. Oh. Um, Daniel Akinbola says, Always be testing, guys. Keep up the great work. I did that out of order, though. I, I uh, um, <laughs> James R. writes, what's got eight legs and writes prescriptions? A doctor puss. Really? Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, where, that's where we are right now. We're not even that's, six hours in. I, I, We're getting there. That's not even a... No, never mind. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. We're almost one-fourth done, guys. You're doing the thing with your phone again. It's not me. Someone's doing Every, it. Whoever has their phone on them, throw it away. It's in my pocket. My pocket. I, it was me. I apologize. I'm the bad guy. Um, uh, I am going to. So we need to do a little bit of housekeeping here in this transition period because it's three hour mark, yes. which means if you are watching on archives, we're getting ready to throw you to the next archive. If you're watching live, don't go anywhere because we're going to switch over to the to the to the studio camera on the other side of that wall in just a sec while we stop the old stream and start the new stream up. Um, this could be live stream exclusive content. Uh, actually, it won't be, but I mean, maybe it could be the podcast guys are going to lose like two seconds. Oh, no, I know it's terrible. Uh, so I'm going to do that right now and then we'll welcome people back to Octobercast 2013 in just a minute. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Case, thank you so much for coming by. My pleasure. Good Always a pleasure to have you, sir. Um, you'll be back on. This is only a test soon. I'm sure. I know you guys are finishing up All now, right. so it's, right. good it's luck crazy. With the, good luck with the charity. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye now. And thank you for bringing uh, the oh, giveaway. Yeah. yeah. So smash up. Uh, courtesy of Lloyd, uh, smash up the uh, original Cthulhu set. And uh, it says it's expansion, but he says it's standalone playable with two people. So oh. uh, we'll put that in the raffle with all the other awesome swag. Um, I'm going to stop the old stream and restart the Zoom. We're at we are 